0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to Weekly Manga Recap. Here on March the twenty-fifth of twenty twenty, it's nice that you were all able to join us from your bunkers today.
1: I don't know. Did people have time?
0: Did time to might... join
1: us? Yeah. Do you think they might be busy?
0: I don't know. Maybe, maybe we're just talking, speaking into a void, Chris. Maybe no one out there can hear us. Maybe we're the last two men on Earth.
1: We're gonna have to repopulate, Nick.
0: It's gonna be very difficult. <laughs> But we'll give it a go. We're
1: gonna, we're gonna give it an <laughs> old college try, though. <laughs> Everything's depending on us. <laughs> yeah, we don't want to let everybody down.
0: We just like open some like just opens the door. Everyone's fine. What are you guys doing? <laughs>
1: <laughs> Shut up! This is important. <laughs> we're saving the world.
0: Uh, all right, uh, all right. You, you get okay.
1: You know what? <laughs> just let them have this. Just, just let them. <laughs> Nick so, what a world, what a world we're in?
0: yes, um things are very strange right now mm-hmm. um, so much so that they've even changed the world around us, Chris. There are different faces around us right now than there are normally.
1: I know so. look at all those weird series mm-hmm. over there. I miss uh Raku from Nisekoi three years after it ended. I was <laughs> he was like a constant in my life
0: so so current. Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> Now people could come in. And they could be like, "Oh, hey, most these series you talk about." Uh, I also like that Jotaro snuck in there. Uh, this way, this never recapping Jojo, uh, except for like Jojo Part Eight, <laughs> very early on in the series. But hey, you know what? Well,
0: be, it's it's I mean, it's a recurring segment, I guess. You know, I
1: guess there's no Pokemon in there.
0: No, it's just bias, yeah. I guess.
1: Yeah. Well, mm. you're gonna have, to have an issue with the crater.
0: I don't really. I mean, other than, you know, just the pre-existing issues that I've got with Infamous,
1: you know? Yeah, yeah, well. Uh, it's, people are saying there's no Eden Zero characters. There absolutely is. Right between Soma and uh, Kay from Act Age, you can see there's a uh, an Eden Zero <laughs> character. <laughs> just, you know, dyed his hair a little different. Yeah, the hair's a little different color, but otherwise, same character as far as I can tell.
0: Is that... Uh dingy right next to uh yuma
1: yeah yeah it's okay. that's chainsaw so i basically i just sent uh infamous a bunch of different like shots of sure. color pages essentially and uh chainsaw man has a bunch of really dope ones where he's in his there chainsaw are. form so yeah that's well you like didn't
0: send it you didn't send him the lesbian orgy one come on
1: uh you know honestly i don't know how that would have gone over i don't know mm. if he'd have just been like is troy is this what jumps become <laughs> <laughs> I remember when it used to be about integrity, it was it, Bip, bip.
0: It's been a while since we pulled out that one.
1: Yep. It's always there in the back pocket if you need it.
0: Good to know. Yep. All right. So we have a lot of manga to talk about today.
1: Which is unfortunate. I've read none of it. Uh, this entire week has just been spent watching uh, eBay miniature rescue videos on YouTube, where people buy miniature bad mini, res- yeah, they buy oh, bad okay. miniatures on eBay that people are like, I don't want these anymore, and then they're like, we're gonna paint this like a master would, and I'm just like, it's it's like you know my soul what it needs right now, <laughs> this is chicken soup, but in a video form.
0: I see those oftentimes whenever we're watching something on Nicole's computer because she's very much into the make this miniature look way better thing, mm. so but, uh, we don't have a lot of time, Chris oh. we've got to talk about uh, not in that sense
1: Oh, okay, I was like, oh, it was the grim specter of death behind me once more
0: I don't know, if, I, if ever either of us were going to bring that up, it would probably be me I am the one who wears skulls on all of his shirts, so
1: I mean, I'm wearing an Iron Maiden T-shirt right now. Oh, so. okay.
0: I've, I've got Cody's uh, Nightmare King thing. You know so. what, I,
1: how that would look nicer? I think if you tattooed it onto your neck.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> look, I know that Cody Rhodes listens to our podcast all the time. Mm-hmm. So if he's listening right now, despite the fact that he's due to go live on Dynamite in 10 minutes, listen, man, I love you. You're my favorite wrestler bad idea for you to do that.
1: (laughs) You know, I get all the logic behind it. I absolutely do. There's a level of it of respect. I... Man, I feel like there was still a better way to go (laughs) than that particular one, that particular angle, on that particular part of the body. Yeah. But hey, you know what? You figured out the hard camera and empty arenas first, so I guess... Good point. Yeah, not everything's off.
0: How are we to argue with that? Mm (laughs) Obviously, every artistic decision you make is correct. Good job. Uh-huh. So, <laughs> All right, Chris. Dark Order sucks. Ooh. My Hero Academia. Chapter number 265, Villains and Heroes. So last time we saw a bit of the battlefield, we saw a bit of what's going on with Hawks and Twice, and we see basically the same thing this time, only a slightly different balance between the two. There's a little bit more of the former and a little bit less of the latter, just a little... Uh, so this one, uh, features, uh, Sun Eater and Tokiyami getting to shine. So Sun Eater does something that I think is incredibly badass, which is uses his animal transformation ability to turn into a fucking centaur with tentacles.
1: And that there's a implies there. he's been eating horse at some point recently, though, mm-hmm. doesn't he? He can eat horse meat. Yeah, it's, it feels kind of sad. You know, maybe he ate a
0: deer, you know, he ate some venison.
1: All right, Maybe. It was a horse. It was Chris's favorite. That's what it was. No! My favorite horse! Horso!
0: (laughs) Of course it would be named Horso. (laughs) Uh, And uh, after that, uh, Tokoyami heads down this uh, corridor, which he has headed with uh, Fat Gum and Sun Eater to block because it's one of the uh, few parts leading out of the facility that hasn't been collapsed by Cementos' ability. And he sends Dark Shadow down the tunnel to uh, attack anyone who's planning to come down it uh, with his new technique, Ragnarok. It's not Ragnarok. There's an umlaut in there, so you have to use the proper pronunciation. So there. Nerds. (laughs) Why is everyone else the nerd after I made that (laughs) distinction? (laughs) Redestro, of course, who last time had been feeling a lot of stress. Uh, ends up intercepting the Dark Shadow and just kind of has a tussle with it. Uh, but after a short block, after a short kind of wrestling match with it, his artificial legs give out and just break apart at the ankles, and he's, he ends up getting flung backwards. So, yeah, Tokyami, uh, quite badass when he's sending his Dark Shadow underground. But uh, Redestro is sent flying through a wall, uh, around a crowd of people. Uh, Dark Shadow is retrieved by Tokoyami, uh, and Dark Shadow warns him that there's a real nasty one down there. And Tokoyami's like, "Yeah, yeah, I, I felt him, you know, nearly stand up to our Ragnarok ability." And the Dark Shadow says, "No, no, not that one. A real monster." And we see a little shot that uh, it seems the Dark Shadow got a glance of Gigantomachia, who is still just kind of sitting in the corner somewhere, he's
1: hanging out, you know,
0: which he's, uh, he's... fact.
1: He's social isolating as the kids. Yeah, say he's a-
0: please keep six feet away from me. Actually, I'm really, really big. So if you could keep thirty <laughs> feet away from me, I don't, I don't want any germs. Please, thank you. Can I have ten gallons of hand sanitizer, please?
1: <laughs>
0: thank you. Okay, you oh, we're done. All right. <laughs> Backum says to Tokoyami that they had already heard about Gigantomachia and they don't have to worry about him unless an order from the boss comes. So they don't have to worry about him for now because they don't think that there's going to be such a message uh, reaching him. I'm sure that that's the way things are going to be for the rest of this battle. We won't see Gigantomachia do anything.
1: Nope. It's called Chekhov's Machina. Check yeah, where uh, you you introduce somebody really big who'd beat everybody up, and then the battle ends, and no one addresses that that fight ever happened. Some people call it the Yami effect, but (laughs) people don't realize Yami actually did fight people; it just wasn't relevant. So that's that's sort of the defining difference between the two. There
0: are a lot of examples of it through shonen manga. To be fair to Bleach, honestly,
1: Mm -hmm.
0: also are you you trying to preemptively? Yami beat some people in his introduction,
1: Chris. Come on. Yeah, I'm referring to uh, that. That was 10th Espada, Yami. Not Ah, zero Espada.
0: You're completely correct. Yes. (laughs) They're two different characters, obviously. (laughs) (laughs) Who said that the the Espada would be right from one to ten? Well, that guy. But anyway,
1: everyone seemed to kind of work under that assumption because nobody treated you with respect as apparently the strongest.
0: What if it were just like there are tennis spada ranked pi e 65
1: blurdy schmidt? Uh, there are tennis spada ranked on a base three system. Like, uh, what the fuck does that? Oh, God. Oh, God damn it, everyone like, gets out
0: their fingers. <laughs> All right,
1: so like nine is the strongest. I don't understand
0: what this means. That would be 30 because it's three threes. So,
1: Jesus. <laughs>
0: Everyone just gets annoyed by this. That's actually one of the Espada's powers is just annoying someone with complicated math that they never use in the real world. That's, like, ah, not,
1: that's how when they should
0: have sh- this, never.
1: But <laughs> That's how they should have beaten the the, the human characters because like that actually like most of them were stupidly smart, weren't they? Like yeah, there was no real dumb yeah. character in the group.
0: Ichigo and Shadow were very studious. Ishida was ranked number one in the class, and Orihime was, like, number three in the class, somehow. Yeah, so, like... (laughs) I
1: was really hoping. I was like, well, one of them, that's how they trick. I was like, no, never mind. They were all super intelligent.
0: Ichigo was the least smart of the human characters, and he was still ranked, like, 27th or something like that in his entire year, so he was not dumb, so... Anyway, that aside... Uh, Tokoyami, uh, gets in Fatgum's belly, rather literally, you, you see his head poking out, it's very silly, and Fat Gum has a little joke about this, because he's like, what am I, a taxi? I mean, I assume, I assume, mean, that's I assume you of... put him into you in order to do this, so, yes.
1: And that is also partially what your power is kind of about, if I recall, I don't think it's the first time we've seen him transport somebody like this.
0: Right. So he's running with Tokayami inside of his stomach, and uh, Fakum says that they learned this due to Hawks and his investigation. Tokayami asked for clarification because of his connection to Hawks. Fakum says, well, I don't know really a whole lot about it, but he's probably somewhere around here. Uh, Tokayami thinks about his time training with Hawks, and the advice he had passed on to him and stuff like that, the stuff that was covered in the versus class 1B uh, stuff. Uh, and, you know, kind of has the same thing that Bakugo had with Best besties where he's like, you know, I, I want you to see, you know, the kind of hero that I've become. And then we cut over to twice and Hawks, uh, twice had released, released his sad man's parade at the end of the last chapter that apparently did not go very well for him because Hawks just used a bunch of his feathers to defeat them immediately as they come out. And Hawks explains that, yeah, you know, you're making these really quickly, but each double you make is less durable than the last. And so, so, you know, some of them are dissolving, some don't as I pierce them. So, you know, sure, you can replicate, but you can't keep up with me. And Twice realizes this, and Hawks just says, after coming this far, I can't allow Sentiment to trip me up. There's still a way forward if you come quietly now, because I like you. But Twice Someone's doubles of everyone in the League of Villains. And he says, these are my only friends in the world, and you ain't welcome to join the club. And they're all immediately disintegrated, but more of Hawks' feathers. Uh, So Hawks says, why do you think I prioritize speed when I take down villains? Because it's the ones who don't give up who heroes need to fear the most. Experienced villains with wills of steel refuse to get knocked out. And he... Slashes uh, twice across the chest with one of his larger feathers, and then pins him to the ground with it held at his head. And he says, "When neither side gives up, somebody has to die." So this is a bit of a follow up on that speech that uh, Fat Gun gave to Kirishima all the way back in the Overhaul arc, where you know he said, "Your job as a hero is to make the villains give up quickly." So. This is Hawks saying, yeah, it doesn't always work that way. Sometimes you gotta fucking kill someone.
1: You think that Hawks has actually killed someone before? Oh, I'm sure Hawks has killed someone before. It feels like that's why he was the one kind of chose to do this mission, is because he's the one who probably Comprom- has gone there. Yeah. So
0: Toy says, You guys ain't heroes. None of you were. You threw us to the wolves. All of us down, Tron folks. You don't know or care, but little Toga wrapped me up in her hanky, all gentle-like. But I bet you didn't know this either, but this is the second time I managed to screw everyone over. Toga probably won't do me that kind of skin, but that's okay. I still got to protect their happiness. And he starts to summon a double even as he's being pinned down. And Hawks says, well, I'll be sure to tell the League that. And then a huge wave of blue fire washes through the room, blows Hawks away. And Dobby appears and says, there's no need. I heard him, lo- I heard him loud and clear. Didn't notice me there, did you? Looks like sentiment tripped you up after all. And you smash his hawk's visor as he pins him to the floor with his foot. And uh, it seems like he blasts him with a wave of fire at point blank range. So we saw Dobby on his way towards Hawks and twice at the end of the last chapter, he showed up to save uh, twice and I guess that we're going to uh, probably get a little bit of an explanation. I'm imagining right now that probably what happened was that Dobby had always suspected Hawks. And so he went to go and check up on... Oh, uh, yeah. Tw-
1: I, I think it was... They mentioned that most of the League of the, Villains didn't fully trust him.
0: Well, and, Dobby in particular was the one who was trying to test Hawks yeah. uh, before letting him in, too. So, yeah, so I, maybe a turning point. So
1: Yeah, I mean, it's a super satisfying little like exchange it happens and it's it's sad because you 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 keep seeing the way this conversation goes is the only thing that really matters to twice are these friends that he sort of found and Hawks is just kind of ruthlessly saying like it doesn't really matter like they're all going to be arrested i've been mm-hmm. giving you opportunities to try to get out of this as in a happier life as you can get and unfortunately it's come down to this and I just love that line from Dobby where it's like, looks like sentiment tripped you up after all because you never realized yep. I was here. And now he's now you've gotten a face full of fire. So it's probably not going to end too well for you, no matter which way this goes.
0: Dobby 2020. That's the whole quote. You got to say the whole thing.
1: <laughs> oh, man, it's so long. No one's going to remember you that.
0: Just say, you can't just say "Didn't knows me there, did you? <laughs> looks like sentiment tripped you up after all. And now you get a nice wave of fire to your face <laughs> because you didn't notice me. But I'm here now. and. <laughs> <laughs> I do like whenever we get these moments between the League of Villains showing, hey, I mean, these guys are all assholes. Many of them are just flat-out psychopaths, but they do have this weird sense of camaraderie between each other. Um, and uh, I think that that makes them, you know, easier to un- to kind of empathize with for moments like this, but also easier to buy like, oh, right, these guys are assholes, but they're still making sure to look out for each other. So
1: Yeah, I mean, this is sort of like the best way to write a villain group because far too often it's when they just eat each other alive you're like ah i kind of see this all the time that's generally we've got that going
0: just... on in this week's boruto chapter yeah. for example so all right let's move on to actage scene 106 competition hanako is trying to paint by herself and she can't summon anything to paint uh, so she thinks about the stuff that kuriyama talk- told her about uh, and she starts to leave the room and I guess she randomly runs into Kay, but it, I don't know. She must have really not been paying attention and Kay must not have been either because they just yeah. bonk. Um, also Kay does not react to this at all, but Hanako goes, ah, and falls to the ground. So Kay's got like the hard head gimmick. She, you know, she could be like a Samoan wrestler. Just bonk.
1: Yeah. She's like Haku
0: or uh the usos or the head trinkers or <sighs> it's the, a large number of quote unquote savage wrestlers
1: sadly <laughs> it's like um okay, uh, what was akim the, uh, the african dream but he was white i know <laughs> also racist
0: <laughs> anyway so Kay is there with the rest of the cast from her play group, and uh, Inaka's like, "Oh, I, I was gonna, you know, check in with everyone, but what are you guys doing here?" And Kay's like, "Well, we can't rehearse without you. You're our director, and we've got another performance tomorrow." Uh, so Kay tells her, "You know, direct the real Princess Iron Fan," because everyone's like, well, you know, "We're not giving up now. We're gonna try and beat the other group." And Hanaka thinks to herself that she has lost her art, her fire, everything, and still the feeling of frustration remains. So she agrees. And so they go over basically the stuff that they've learned from Group B's uh, interpretation of the play about how Princess Iron Fan isn't angry. She's unable to forgive herself for loving the Ox King. So they say like, hey, Kay, have you ever experienced something like that? And she's like, no, So that's a problem. And Ricky says, We should have had a Tord Love affair after all. You want to try it for it now? And she says, Well, I'd have to experience that and the heartbreak afterwards, so there isn't time. Which is a very weird way of saying, No, you creep, but <laughs> So um Kay asks Sanaka, like, Hey, how did you fall in love with him? Meaning her father. And so she's kind of you know, embarrassed about it, and she's like, Well. Ugh. All right. If I had, you know, stuck to just, you know, doing all the other art that I've done, I would have I wouldn't have had to go through all this. But instead, I had to choose a frickin form of art that requires interaction. But all right, it's time we go back to square one and we get a time skip because um, there are other performances going on. Than the ones that we're actually focusing on uh, team A's second performance is not good. Team B's continues to improve. Uh, go through the third performances, and everyone's like, "Oh my gosh, there's such a gap in viewership." But now, even so, Yonagi refused to give up. I guess it's just a purely like you wouldn't have just four performances thing; you would have eight, I guess, in this case. But it's odd that we had this whole setup of okay, each group is going to have a certain number of performances um and we're just not going to bother with some of them whatever
1: well we're just trying to get to the end point like they don't have like time to do a time skip really like in the sense of like three weeks later of practicing like they have to explain all this is going to happen in a week so to get like that final conflict they had to be like all right so we can't just say they immediately got better after the next three performances mm-hmm. like, they have to have still sucked for a bit because they're still trying to get their footing Right. And there's nothing really to say about group B's performance because it was already great. It's good. (laughs) And it's just going to get better. You know, that sort of thing. Right. So Hanako
0: and Kay go to meet with uh, Chiyoko and Kurayama's group. And they say, I want you to tell us how Chiyoko is playing Princess Iron Fan. And Chiyoko's like, why would we do that? And so Hanako says, we'll share our approach to Princess Iron Fan exchange. And Kuryama is just like, well, what's in it for us? <laughs> like, which is a good point of like, yeah, but yours sucks. <laughs> so, but he observes what the look in Hanako's face that she's not, you know, willing to give up just yet. So, um, she like, all right, fine. We're going to use this to our advantage. So they start holding joint rehearsals between both teams, giving each other feedback and working to improve both performances. This results in great improvements on both sides, but Yunagi sees that it doesn't close the gap. It's really weird to have this kind of just, like, montage. It, it just bugs me. I don't know. So, um, the producer says to Kuriyama that it is almost time to put his pl- the plan into motion. Uh, but Kuriyama is focused on actually, you know still fine tuning everyone's performances. The producer says you've already won the contest. And he just says, there's no telling what could happen tomorrow. So, uh, he, he goes on to explain if you, if we could quantify the quality for performance, life would be easy, but we can't. So they have to keep transforming. So thanks. I never expected Yamno you know, to drop that bomb, but it's helped to make things really clear. So, Basically, he's not going to let everyone rest on their laurels just because they have a seemingly indomitable lead because he saw how the Shinryuji Naga lost to the <laughs> Damon Devil Bats.
1: They're up by We're like going- six scores. They can't lose.
0: We will keep on steadily scoring instead. <laughs> so eventually we see a uh, little just private meeting between Shioko and Kei as they're just sitting quietly together. Chioka kind of staring at Kay while well, Kay has her eyes closed, and Chiyoko asks her, "What are we doing? It's almost time for the play. What do, What do you want?" And Kay's just like, "I just wanted you around me. I wanted your presence, which is the same as they did back when they had their little not a date at the mall. Uh, they have a little. They talk a little bit more about their performances. Chioka says that if they lose, then she'll lose everything to 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 Kay." But if they win, then she gets to continue acting forever. Uh, and Kay's like, What the fuck are you talking about? Shioka says, I know it's stupid. Of course, nothing's that simple. I've forgotten that even once this play is over, the competition never ends. We'll still be actors when we're wrinkled old ladies, which is a nice little thing of like, you know, you and me are going to be doing this forever kind of thing. Um,
1: I have to assume that is directly a reference to the Greta Gerwig Cerise Ronan quote. Back when the Oscars were happening, because it's almost is... exactly the same thing. Where how's that go? Uh, basically, Greta Gerwig and Cerezo are like, are "You guys gonna keep doing?" It? They're like, "Oh yeah, we're gonna keep making movies together until we're making movies about being old ladies together." Essentially,
0: Aww. so
1: like I assume it's the same because it's the same sort of idea of like a young female cup like duo who were like, "Yeah, we're gonna keep just making movies together until we're old ladies." That'd be kind of sweet, wouldn't it? Mm-hmm. Any.
0: Um, <clears throat> it's time for the performance. Hanako giving some last minute directions to a bunch of people. Uh, Kay shows up. She's in her princess siren fan gear. Uh, Ricky asks her about that. Oh, did you get some help from Momoshiro? And she says, yes, I'm burning today. We're going to win. So it's time for the comeback. It's time for, uh, it's time for the long past the Yukimitsu, Chris. We'll see, uh, how that turns out.
1: Yeah. Great. I'm going to read that chapter again. <laughs> to read that. He catches that ball that. so
0: well. <sighs> Acted chapter 107. All right. So Hiruma's was just <laughs> thrown to pass. And, uh, he's, and Yukimitsu is running next to EQ and Aegon. And Aegon and EQ aren't even paying attention to him. Yeah,
1: so. they're just competing over who's going to get the interception. Because it's such a guarantee one of them's going to get it. But they don't realize the thing that Yukimitsu has is the extra effort. It was a ball that was just going to be overthrown. But Yukimitsu pushes himself forward. Gets the tip on the ball. It gets the touchdown. Fuck, I'm actually getting a little emotional. What a great goddamn chapter.
0: You know their defense, Yukimitsu. You know which what what where the gaps in their zone defense are. <laughs>
1: <laughs> their zone defense as it's clearly cover two man coverage. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh man, we should go back through Aisha 21 and just like be like, no, this is wrong. <laughs> this is not how plays are drawn
1: up. I remember <laughs> uh, I was uh, I was in a relationship with somebody and I, I, I was like showing them I was like oh, I love this manga and I showed them the Jumanji one more touchdown scene and she's like isn't his knee down before the goal line? Like, his knee's touching the ground. He's down. I was like, No, you can't tell me that. <laughs> like you, you've ruined this moment for me!
0: And that was their first <laughs> and last date.
1: Yeah, I was like, No! And I, I deleted the number from my phone, and then I broke it.
0: <laughs> Just to make sure you couldn't undelete uh, the number. I was number. like,
1: Nobody can come, <laughs> nobody can talk to me now. All right. <laughs> Boruto,
0: number 44, Amado. Naruto wakes up. He's been rescued by the kids. Boruto goes to, is there along with Himawari and Hinata. Boruto goes to tell everyone about it. uh, That, hey, you know, Naruto's woken up. We see Kawaki being tended to by, oh, it's been forever since he actually showed up. Science guy and science guy's daughter, who's got a thing for, for Boruto, I think. Um... And, and who uh, would,
1: he's so cool, Nick. He's so cool. He's so
0: cool. The way that he breaks those microwaves. So <laughs> um, the doctor says, like, so we think that you're having an adverse reaction from forcing the continued attachment of the, of a chakra incompatible prosthetic hand. Might be the nanomachines in your blood are trying to reject it, but your body's functions are going to keep declining and your muscle pain is going to probably persist. So hey, there's going to be a, a bit of uh, complications from him continuing to use the artificial hand that he's got on loan from Naruto. So a reason for him to get one made for himself. Good deal. Um, uh, Kawaki refuses getting any uh, painkillers. Boruto shows up to tell him that Naruto's woken up. Uh, Shikamaru reports to Naruto about, st- about what actually happened when uh, Boruto, Kawaki, Sarada, and Mitsuki went to go save him. And I like how they do kind of bring up, because Shikamaru is like, I mean, it, it turned out well, but you can't condone them doing that. And Naruto's like, oh, acting, ra- Ginnon's acting rashly, huh? So I guess things haven't changed at all since we were brats. <laughs> it's like, yes. You two did go with a couple of your friends in order to go and save Sasuke in a mission that was a complete failure and all of you nearly died. So <laughs> good point. What are you going to do? Still the best part of Naruto. Um, he also brings up that Jigen can use the karma to infiltrate Konoha at any time. So they're still under threat. We cut o- over to Karma's base where uh, Kashin is meeting with Amado and they do a weird thing because so Ka- god okay so kashin summons a toad the same ability that drya and naruto would use um then he's like all right i'm to put your fucking cigarette out before we get in the fucking you know stomach and i like all right fine and he starts to get in the frog's stomach delta shows up and is like where do you think you're going and so Koshin's like, I'm going to take her out, Amato." And Amato's like, no, 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 don't bother. And he says, time to go to sleep, Delta. And Delta just goes, pew, and falls to the <laughs> ground. Unconscious with her eyes open. And Koshin looks at her as like, hmm, an emergency shutdown code. I've probably been given the same thing. So I guess everyone's just largely robot now, I guess.
1: Probably. I do like the idea like, maybe the idea is it's a secret genjutsu within it and not that the password to shut off the robot is like, turn off now, please. <laughs> <laughs> like, it would be much more funny if he had just been like, abacus applesauce delta. He's like, what the for? <laughs>
0: <laughs> what is abacus? So Amato gets in the frog's mouth. Kashin performs a reverse summoning to banish it. It shows up in a forest and Amado's like, all right, I'm out here now. Damn it. I forgot to bring a light for my cigarettes.
1: How did you light them before then? Oh, with the ambient fire energy that crackles inside the, uh, the whatever base, whatever they're, Kana? No.
0: Maybe Amado is just like really weird about using the same lighter twice oh yeah he throws it away so he just like and boom gone there's just a pile of bicks over in
1: the corner Mm, oh cheap ones too come on man if you're gonna smoke that much at least look i'm not here to advertise smoking but i think it is a provable fact that all of the paraphernalia for smoking is so cool like it's all just so awesome
0: they, it is definitely designed to make you think it is cool enough that you forget about how horrible it is. So,
1: like sometimes I've considered getting like a cigarette case, and like you open it up, and inside's just tootsie rolls, because like that's <laughs> all I'd be interested in.
0: They uh, on um on Community, there was a running gag that uh, um Troy and Abed had candy cigarettes mm-hmm. that Troy would carry in a cigarette holder. So,
1: yeah, like yeah. that.
0: But yeah, so he's just like, yeah, you know, they're like matches, right? You you know, only one use. And like, no, there's fluid. No. <laughs> Listen, I'm a scientist. I'm pretty sure I know what I'm talking about here. Uh, Serata is in the hospital as well, talking with her parents. And Mitsuki's also there, too, I guess. And uh, she explains what happened with Boruto with the transform- transformation. Um, And also points out that his right eye was a Byakugan, which is, I think, something we overlooked when we actually talked about this last time. Um, And she talks about how strong he was and how his personality was different. And Sasuke realizes like, oh, so it's like the Otsutsuki. And uh, so Sarai is worried about her friend. Sakura tells her not to worry about it. And Sasuke just says, hey, just take it easy for now. But Mitsuki pulls Sasuke outside and is like, listen, I, I have a character. Believe me. I have important contributions to make this series. Please don't send me to the to the to to the pit, please. I can be relevant, uh, but then he says, "What's happening to Boruto isn't normal. It's clear to everyone, not just not just those like me who can watch who watch him closely all the time." Okay, uh, but he also mentions that Boro had said that Boruto was Momoshiki's vessel. So Sasuke's like, all right. So he's still alive inside the Karma, trying to take over Boruto's body. And then he's like, and I think that you know, Jigen is a vessel uh, for another being. And Mizuki's like, well, oh. And then, very suddenly, we cut over to uh Cho Cho, and Inojin and Shikadai. Yes, that's their names. The and they're training against each other in a little battle royale thing. And there's a little bit of action between them. And then Amado shows up and he's applauding sarcastically while leaning against a tree. Listen, if you ever like randomly come across someone and you think that they've done a good job, don't do this. Like, just be like, hey, good job. Or like actually properly applaud at a proper cadence. And don't be leaning against a tree when you're doing it. Because everyone's going to immediately know, like, this person's a bad guy if you do that. <laughs> so don't do that. So he approaches them. is like, hey, you're at the, you know, at the bound barrier, boundary of Konogakure. So, you know, state your business and don't come any further. And is like, uh, I have something to discuss with your father. And Shigadai's like, well, I'll use my shadow paralysis jutsu thing. Ha! And Amato... Let's the tuning fork drop out of his sleeve and it rings, and everyone clutches their ears, and Shikadai is stuck. And he's like, He hijacked my shadow paralysis jutsu! Okay. Not sure how a tuning fork does that, but all right. Uh, it's a
1: scientific this- ninja tool neck. It doesn't need to explain itself, it just is. So then he goes
0: and he um, snaps out a couple of needles from his glove pierces Shikadai's neck with them and he immediately falls unconscious and then he puts a collar on his neck and he's like, that's a benign drug but whether you survive past the day is up to your father. Inojin gets in contact with Ino using the Yamanaka communication ability thing and he's like, we need to talk to Shikamaru right now and Shikamaru has gone with Naruto to go and visit Kawaki in the hospital uh, and uh, he thanks him for, you know, going as far as he did to try and save him uh talkie 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 will need to be even more restrictive with your movements kawaki because you broke the rules blah 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 it's an emergency Shikamaro. word listen come quickly shikadai has been captured by akara guy and the bombs around his neck oh no uh and already sai and several other ninja some of which have names actually i think moegi's over there anyway they're like All right, but Amato's demanding to speak to you. So they try and fight um, Amato, but it doesn't matter. He's got, look, there's another thing. Look, I put a bomb over there. Kaboom! And that'll blow off Shigarai's head if you don't, you know, do what I say within the next 48 hours. And only I can disarm it, so you can't kill me. So they let him go. And he's like, before we get into it, sorry I had to do this, but I'm in a rush. Okay, let me speak to Shikamaru. I'm getting the impression, actually, as I'm getting vaguer and vaguer on the details here, that I didn't actually read these final five pages. So
1: <laughs> you're like stuff, stuff happens. Stuff That's happens. happens.
0: <laughs> Dude, is blah, there... blah 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 verbal sparring? Um, they link together. Ino, Naruto, the Doctor, and and Shikamaru while they're talking with the motto. And so he's like, hey, um, our Hokage is actually back. He's standing next to me. And I was like, what? Someone beat Boro? Who? And so they're like, well, hey, it's me. Uzumaki Naruto. I'm here. What do you want? <laughs> well, fine. All right, then. I wish to defect to Konoha. And they're like, what does that mean? I will offer intel to you on Kara, Jigen, the Tentails, and Otsutsuki. I'll share everything I know. Which is why I put a bomb around this kid's neck.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, I get the idea of, like, he's like, hey, I don't really like the way this organization's going. There already looks to be some eternal strife going on. I'm going to defect. There has got to be a better way to defect than, like, I'm going to show up and strap a bomb to one of your ch- children's right. chest neck. And uh, you, that'll surely, dis- like, diffuse the situation, right? Hey, I get, fuse. <laughs> maybe the impression you're meant to get is he's just that bad of a dude that like we really shouldn't like him uh but if if they try to i don't know like in my mind i'm like is this supposed to be kind of like the Caputo figure of this this series where you're like me he's sort of a bad guy who betrays people but deep down there's maybe like reasons for it and i feel like if you dive into the reasons and you can't have him show up and strap bombs to children's necks maybe it was something where they're like oh it wasn't actually a real bomb and he just wanted to get our attention or something like that but it's just a bad way to introduce yourself really just getting off to the wrong foot you know yes i agree i don't really have anything against this chapter or anything like that i think the internal strife between kara members is kind of amusing though because they're not so developed of a group that i care at this point i'm like no kara flowing apart with all of their members
0: that we know so little about and one of them's
1: already dead yeah and delta just got apparently all you had to say is go to sleep delta and she was like oh you son of a bitch
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah as a group they aren't especially intimidating they've got some very powerful members obviously but What have they really accomplished so so far? They kidnapped Naruto briefly. Like, so, you know, I don't know, man. All right. So we're going to move on to Spy Family. Mission 24. uh, Chapter opens up with Lloyd thinking about how Yor has been getting home late the last few days. And uh, so... He's like, I don't really have – I'm not. I'm in no position to pry into what's going on, but, you know, hmm. Uh, and also, uh, there, he's saying, like, we're not going to eat until, you know, Yor actually gets home. Uh, Anya reacts to this by going over to Bond and being like, show me tonight's dinner. Do the future thing. And Bond is just like, mmm. <laughs>
1: I am not a toy for you to turn on and off at your childish whims. But okay, I shall show you something. <laughs> <laughs> this is just you licking
0: your butthole. Yes, but it is me licking my butthole from the
1: future. <laughs> <laughs> Understand this will happen. There can be no way to truly stop it. <laughs> yeah, you're doing it now! Thus the future <laughs> I, I told you has come this. to pass.
0: <laughs> it was inevitable. <laughs>
1: <laughs> Truly, we are all soldiers marching along a predetermined <laughs> past. I thought the point of your introduction was that I can change the future, not this one. Some things are possible to change. Who can't fight against fate, Anya? Some buttholes <laughs> must <laughs> be Just licked. They well, while, while staring at me, licking my butthole. <laughs> Watch me. Watch me as I do this. I am projecting it directly into your mind so you cannot look away. on <laughs> the only future you shall see.
0: <laughs> anyway, Yor shows up. Lloyd notices that she has a very grim look on her face, but more alarming still, there are cuts all over her hands. And uh, Bon does see the future and shows it to Anya as Yor is like, oh, I'm not hungry. You two go ahead and eat. And the future that Anya sees is of Yor with her hands clutched over her face oh no, what could be happening? Now, I don't have any way of proving this and I don't say this to pat myself on the back or anything like that. But when this happened, I did go, I hope that something happens here and literally is what happens. But just because something is kind of predictable as it starts doesn't mean it's bad. Sometimes doing the obvious thing and just being really good and clever about the way you do it is the best way to go about it. Cough cough wrestling booking. So um so Anya's just like, Oh mama's gonna cry about something, but why? And Yor thinks to herself, she looks at her bandaged hands, if I fail at this, it could cost me my family. <sighs> so it's the next day at Yor's workplace, and uh afterwards Yor walks into a household. She's Got a bag full of something that is dri- dripping a dark liquid. And when the door opens, huh, it's her coworker. And her co-worker says, are we really doing this again today? Wait, is that? You squashed the tomatoes, Yor! What's wrong with you? Oh, it's just ingredients because she's teaching her how to cook. We get a flashback to a few days earlier where Yor was expressing to her co-workers that she wants to learn how to cook because uh, the last time that she cooked, her husband spent the entire day on the toilet when he was actually on the mission with the bombs and stuff. Oh. And she's worried that if she doesn't get better, then they'll cost her her marriage, which is going to, of course, expose her, make make it dangerous, and people find out she's a hitman. So um, nobody's really able to help her. Uh, the one that doesn't like her the most is just like, just take a class or something. But a male coworker comes by and is like, oh, she's a good cook right here. Yeah, she could teach you. And Yor bows to her and says, like, please teach me. No, no, why would I? Come on, teach her how to cook. We can all meet at your place and you could teach her cook. No. And of course, she ended up giving in eventually. So Yor is there. She's all pumped up, ready to learn, ties her hair back. And, she, and her coworker, Camilla, is just like, this is a living hell. And the male co is there, too. And he's like, oh, come on. It's fine." oh, fuck. You are going to taste the food for me. If we get poisoned, you're going to die, not me. And your brother shows up. Hi, Yuri. How, why are you here? Well, it turns out that um, it's a he heard about this chance to try out her home cooking. And so he came over right away. So he's friendly to everyone there for helping out your. And uh, so your tries to to uh, get some ingredients ready we see that she's completely helpless at like every step of things. Uh, trying to peel the potato reduces it to a blood into bloody chunks. When she cuts something with a knife, she s- cuts stuff way too thin, and also slices through the cutting board because she's so powerful. Uh, so Camilla is like, "Why on earth would anyone ever marry you?" And Yuri's like, "How dare she speak to my sister this way? Shall I make her disappear?" And then Camilla's like, "At this rate, you should just divorce your hu- your husband." And Yuri's like, "Okay, maybe she's not so bad." <laughs> she's thinking that he's thinking like, she. should do that, but Yar gets r- really close to her and is like, "Please, I'm begging you. If we get divorced, I'll, I'll, I don't have to worry about getting caught again." So Camilla kind of sundraises her and is like, "Just, just eat the ingredients. I'll walk you through seasoning everything." Um. And the male co is just like, see, Camilla's got a soft side, and you're like, she's always seemed like a good person to me. <laughs> Aw. And uh, the... I don't know what this is supposed to be. There is a bowl with liquid and chunks of vegetable and bones and a fish head
1: and oh, one leak. Uh, that's, that's, so. that's soup. That's soup. That's, that's that, not, not soup. That's soup. 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 Yeah, that's soup. That's where you just you put stuff in there. That's soup. soup.
0: Put it in there. Make sure that the water has coloration afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yuri digs in and immediately goes, oh, it's fantastic. As his body makes him throw up in order to protect himself from it. And he's literally eating it while he's throwing up. It's like, oh, it's so delicious. It's so good to eat. And they're like, "It's wh- I, is it good or bad? I can't tell. So Camille and the male co-worker try it and immediately they collapse. <laughs> so it's really bad. So Yuri apologizes. That she tries to make a minestrone, which ends up basically being a solid version of the thing that she just made. So Yuri has the exact same reaction, add, add, adding in, it's so good that I'm breaking out in a cold sweat. So it's probably bad. Um, so eventually Camilla is like, was there something that your parents made for you that you still remember? And Yorah's like, I don't really know. And Yuri recalls, well, I do remember her making some kind of stew and it was warm and it had a fried egg, egg on top. So they try making that. Um, and so, you know, Camilla's walking her through the steps. And as she's preparing it, Camilla looks over and sees, you know, how determined you are looks to try and get this right. And she says, you know, you, you look you seem different lately. You before you were kind of like a robot. You always had this dumb blank face. And Uri says, well, do you think it's because I got married? And Camilla's like, shut up! Just because <laughs> you're married? So, no, I was just saying maybe you changed your makeup, Baka. So um, the mail clerk comes over and kind of breaks it up and says, this one actually does smell pretty good, so I think that you might actually have something. And Camilla tries it, and it's actually not bad. Uh, but Yuri says it's not quite the same way that he remembers it. So Camilla asks, you know, where are you from? She says says where it is, and she's like, okay, well, around those parts, they would probably put some sour cream in it. And Yuri and Nora look at each other after after they've tried it, after this adjustment, and they've got this shocked look on their faces. Go back to the house. Lloyd is trying to teach Bond a bit, and he seems to actually be taking to training quite well, considering this was only a few days ago that they got him. So Bond's a good boy. Um,
1: We knew that already. Of course we
0: knew that. Yeah. So Anya's, Anya says like, I'm hungry, Papa. I can't wait any longer because it's getting so late. But Yor shows up and she's got a bag of ingredients with her. As she announces that she's going to be making dinner tonight, which, of course, Anya and Lloyd are kind of terrified by the prospect of. But Yor reveals that she has been taking cooking lessons. And that's, of course, why she's been showing up late. Uh, and uh, Bond is, you know, smells the cooking and is, you know, apparently intrigued by it. She prepares it. It's a it's a little bit, The eggs a little bit runny, but they dig into it. And they're like, it's good. And they say that they really like it. And Yora looks upon her family eating the, the food that she's prepared for them. And she covers her face and starts crying tears of happiness. Oh, and Bond is there and he's staring at everyone like a weird doggo.
1: It's like, why well, is no one reading my mind? I'm about to tell you of the important future where I'm about to dig my pothole <laughs> while you all eat dinner.
0: I demand that you pay attention to it. <laughs> Hurry! <laughs> there's no time! It is about to happen!
1: <laughs> I must show I must show you the warning! The warning of what is about to happen right now! The grim portent of what is to fall upon you! <laughs> this is your last chance! <laughs> oh no, no, fuck it! <laughs> Oh, bad dog!
0: (laughs) No, but I'm a good dog.
1: I was trying to warn you. (laughs) I gave you a warning. Now you must deal with the consequences of what you have allowed to come to pass.
0: The consequences are that you give me your soup.
1: (laughs) (laughs) The consequences is I assume there will be scraps for me.
0: (laughs) So... They're like, why are you crying? And you just says, Oh, I've just I just feel so relief and looks on your faces. And she she says, I thought I was doing this just to protect my job, but hearing their praise and seeing them smile, I never imagined it would make me feel this happy. And just like, I feel a bit more confident that now I could be you know, a good wife and a good mother. And Lloyd says, like, I can't wait to see what you make next. And Yor's like, Good, because I made something else too. This one's a your Forger original. And they're like, Yay! And then he didn't collapse immediately. So Maybe, maybe don't experiment, your. No. But this is a very sweet chapter. Um, there was a few silly moments in it, but it was more just kind of heartwarming than anything, and I really liked it, so.
1: Uh, I'm a bit, like, up and on on this chapter. Um, I do like that we got to meet this co-worker, and I do like that they have this kind of relationship. I'm not a fan of the, the bait-and-switch. Like, I saw a vision of her crying. Oh, but it was tears of happiness. Because... It kind of implies that Anna saw a future where her mother was crying and just didn't give a shit because she recognized she's like mama's going to cry. But why never follows up on it. I was like, I understand you want to like set the precedent that not every vision that they see for Bond is necessarily going to be a doomsday scenario. But it does feel weird that she would see her mother crying and there's not any level of concern whatsoever beyond like, huh? Interesting. Anyway, back to what's for dinner, dog.
0: (laughs) (laughs) What is going to happen? What food is he going to make for me? Oh, hey, Bond Man's on. Yay! (laughs) She is six.
1: Yeah, I mean, yeah, you could say it would be the callous indifference of a child, but it just felt a little bit strange that there wasn't more to it. Hmm. All right, Chris. All right. Let's let's move on to Eden Zero. Let's talk about Eden Zero which is not loading up for me despite the fact it was already loaded up Hey! Chapter 87 4 on 4 and uh, we get a little in-depth character file, number one, so I guess we're gonna see it. We find out Shiki is basically good at everything uh, His intelligence isn't very high nor is his marksmanship uh, but his love for friends is, is fucking off the chart. I assume that's the stat that changes for each character, but who knows. <laughs> Anyways They've broken into Drack and Joe's hideout. They're Hooray. saying, like, hey, what are we going to do? Like, this is, like, a really dangerous place. Like, Pino's, like, ac- calculating Drack and Joe's battle prowess based on Internet sources. See, according to the rumors I've heard on Wikipedia. <laughs> yeah, like, I was like, according to Wikipedia, you can't beat him. Uh, Look, his bar is bigger than yours. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Uh, but uh, Rebecca basically says, we're not trying to beat him. We're just trying to rescue uh, Labilia, and we think we can do that. And uh, Weiss also says, like, Oi, we're this side super rich. How about we take some war trophies? Uh, they land. Uh, the Elemental Four out there, all standing in a line, which is a very pertinent position for a sniper to be taking, front line alongside everybody else. Um... They Everyone dro-
0: else should be holding up a sign that that points to him and is like, this guy's a sniper.
1: <laughs> he has nothing but an enormous sniper rifle. <laughs> I just, it's so fucking stupid. <laughs> I know what they're trying to do, because they drop the four Shining Stars down, and each of the Shining Stars is going to take on a member of the elemental yes. Four. And we see Hermit goes immediately after the guy with uh, the sniper rifle. I don't care what his name is. And she immediately like disassembles his sniper rifle. And it's like, why were you on the front? Like, it's, it's fucking it's the entire point of the sniper rifle is that you don't stand on the front line. You could have been um, like six miles away and just shot her in the face when she landed. Why right. did you guys do like your cool like, we're on a line move when that's not even how you're introduced? Whatever. They're all going to square up. Uh, Rebecca or not Rebecca. um Which is about Witch. to fight uh, the, the, the crying dude. Sisters fighting Dao, who is being the torture guy, who's being absurdly creepy. And Hamora is about to fight against uh, uh, Sylph, but she has her battle suit this time, her battle dress. So maybe that'll be the defining feature. Doesn't look that much different on her than what her normal attire is. Because
0: she's always wearing different sorts of kimonos and stuff.
1: Yeah, so I'll I'll be curious to see what the the main change there is. But yeah, it's going to be four on four. The two-page spread of the four, uh,
0: you know, Demon General, the four shining stars, is, is a pretty cool group shot, so.
1: They fly up towards the Dracojo's tower, a bunch of missiles are shooting them, they're like, oh no, I don't think we can take it, so Shiki creates a shield of anti-gravity around it, it reflects all the missiles back, uh, Dracojo's like, huh? Uh, I guess that's him now recognizing, oh, you have the Satan gravity, so... We haven't gotten to that part exactly. So, yeah, it's very significant for him to, I guess, see that there. They land on side the roof and they get out. And who should be there but Master Noah, who's like, I've been expecting you, Rebecca. So based on the fact that he's expecting her would lead us to believe that he knows pretty much everything about her abilities. We know in the previous jump, he sold her out to Jack and Joe but maybe he's not as insid... I don't know. Maybe he expected she would jump or something like that. So who really knows?
0: Speaking of Dragon Joe, there's some of the people in the Discord were pointing out about him in this chapter, which is that as all the missiles are flying towards the ship that Rebecca is piloting, uh, one of his slug assistants is like, um, isn't number 30 on that ship? And Dragon Joe's just like, doesn't matter. If a little thing like this would kill the cat, then I don't need its powers. So,
1: and ironically, she escapes the scenario by not using her powers whatsoever. Right. right. So, <laughs> a third party, Drak and Joe, apparently did not have enough information about save the ship.
0: Very consistent character. Yeah, Drak and Joe.
1: This was not a very good chapter.
0: Yeah, um, it had a couple of yeah cool, a couple of cool moments. I actually do really like you know she getting out on the on the outside of the ship in order to summon a uh, a repelling shield around it. Yeah. Like I said, I like the group's pose, but. In terms of, like, story progression and stuff like that, it's just kind of like, oh, okay. So, yeah. Mashal Chapter 9, Mash, Van Dead and the Big Brother. Uh, we get an explanation about uh, magic users and the lines in their faces, what those signify, and basically those who have multiple marks, uh, the number of marks grows in accordance with their magical capacity double eye magic users are only one out of every 100,000 people. They are considered chosen by magic itself. So, we see, you know, in this one, the fight continuing uh, as before. Mash is fighting through gravity magic and stuff like that. Uh, And as he attacks, um, what was his name? Lance? I think it was. I think it was Lance. So, a pendant of his goes flying off uh, while they're scuffling and it lands at Mash's feet and he picks it up uh, and there is a picture of a little girl inside of a locket attached to it. And he just looks at it and he looks up at the guy and he's like, you're a pedophile. <laughs> Very sudden <laughs> conclusion there. Um, and he's like, no, no, I'm not. No, I'm not. Oh, so you're going to become one. No, that's that's my little sister. And Mash is like, that doesn't make it any better.
1: <laughs> I just love him saying, here, Peta, I've got to tell the police as he's turned. <laughs> so, he's like, give that
0: back. Fine. And so, and says, hey, mushroom head, what's the most precious thing in the world? And Mash is like, oh, wow, you're really putting me on the spot here. Um. Cream puffs? No, it's not cream puffs. (laughs) Life? No. Love? Freedom. Cream puffs. It goes to cream puffs again. (laughs) And he's like, it's not hard, you know. The answer is as obvious as one plus one equals two or blue and yellow making green. The most precious thing in the world is my little sister. And MASH is just kind of like, everyone's got their priorities, I guess. (laughs) So... He says, you're just another waste of time. I'm going to drop this ball with your friends in off this cliff, and then I'll speed up its fall with my magic. You'll try and grab the, grab the ball to save your friends, and that's when I'll attack you. Sorry. But he thinks to himself, I can become a monster for my sister's sake. All for her. We get a flashback to when he was younger. He showed up at home, and his little sister was scolding him for having gotten in a fight because he had bruises on his face. Uh, and he kept on lying and lying like no, I didn't get into a fight and uh, he was like I, I just tripped and she's like, you're a bad liar you're not even trying you know I heard you saved a kid who was being bullied, but the boys tried to get back at you didn't they but you know what you may be clumsy but you're awfully kind and that's why I love you And I was like you do it was like He's, she's your sister. <laughs> Uh, But uh, then one day, Anna fell very ill because and the uh, the disease that she has will take her magic as well as her magic mark. and It's incurable. At best, the doctor's estimate she has five years left. So uh, their parents say if she loses her magic, we'll have to hand her over to the government. I'm afraid we'll have no choice. And so they say to Lance, this is for your future as well. Lance thinks, how can I accept something this cruel? My sister didn't do anything wrong. So... He turns to their parents and says that they aren't their parents anymore. And he says, I'll do it. I'll make sure that she's, he thinks to himself, it's the Bureau of Magic that made this rotten system. So I'll become a divine visionary and then I'll save you. For your sake, Anna, I'll become. And so he, as he said, releases the ball that has Mash's friends in it, uses gravity magic to speed it up. And he turns, all right, now what are you going to do? And Mash has stripped off his uniform and he's wearing... But looks like a wetsuit and boxers underneath it. Got to have some dignity, I guess. Uh-huh. So he takes a starting stance like a track and field runner, and he declares hamstring magic, which is very silly. And Lance is like, "What the fuck is he talking about?" And he declares his technique big bang dash. I can't feel them. I won't lose. And there's a huge explosion as he takes off and dashes straight down the side of the cliff. Lance looks behind him and is like, oh, Where is he? And already, Mash has already gotten the bottle and retrieved it and is back in the place that he was before because he's so fast. So Lance is like, Oh my God, how do you do that? Is he using physical enhancement magic? I can't falter now. I must tell my sister. And he raises his wand to attack, but Mash says, Hey, let's stop this because you don't seem like a bad guy, so I don't think we should be fighting. Uh, the bottle you dropped is empty. You dropped a fake. And, uh,. He walks up to Lance and just immediately swipes the real bottle away from him and is like, "We're done." And uh, Lance's like, "But you're giving up your chance to win my silver coins. Why why are you are you why are you doing this to mess with me?" And Maggie says, "I guess that I'm just not the type to make rational decisions. Maybe I'm just clumsy." And Lance thinks back to what his sister Anna said, which is, "You may be clumsy, but you're kind and that's why I love you." So he's like, all right, I'm heading back. We'll stop the fight here, but I did make the bet with you, so take it. And he tosses Lance, I guess, both of his silver coins because he had two. Mm-hmm. But I think he only tosses one, so I don't know. So Mash wonders to himself what would happen if they had fought for real. But he sets his friends free, and the last thing we see is Lance just going, hmm, <laughs> as he walks off. So, hey, Mash has a little bit of a friendly rival, it looks like.
1: Yeah, and I, and I like this chapter a lot. Um, I kind of mentioned last week, the thing that, that kind of held it back is there weren't really many jokes in it. And this one, like, I'm I'm still fine with there being the serious moments. It, like, it's just the chapter's so much better for a, the couple moments of silliness in there with the pedo joke and then hamstring magic. Like, right. those are just the things that, like, I need for Mashal to kind of keep it with its identity.
0: And also, I think that this was, that the... the dramatic moments in this were more effective than the ones last time because they're like, hey, we're learning about this character and uh, what motivates them and stuff. So it's quite nice. Mission Yozakura family. Mission 29 Yozakura ghost stories. Uh, We see that Tayo is training with the older sister. So hooray. thing that I kept on saying is happening a little bit in this one because this chapter is all about her. Uh, we do, have her actually cut over to Shion, uh, the hacker sister, who is trying to hack the marble that uh, came out of the box that uh, Tayo had. Um, and she's having difficulty actually hacking into it um, by basically she's basically playing Biohazard as her way of hacking this one. Uh, and it's she's having a very difficult time getting through it, but she's enjoying the challenge, it seems. Um, Futaba uh how he so uh tayo is watching you know zombies attacking an avatar who looks kind of like him and is like this is gonna uh, i don't I really don't like horror but i'll bet futaba isn't bothered i mean it's not like she would be scared he looks over futaba and she is completely freaked out and we cut to a little bit later futaba's huddled in a blanket with just her eyes looking out And Mutsumi explains that Futaba is afraid of scary things like ghosts and that kind of thing. And Mutsumi explains, she's strong enough to beat zombies and monsters. They don't bother her, but ghosts and curses can't be fought with martial arts, so she's afraid of them. So, makes perfect sense. And uh, so, basically, for a couple of days after that, uh, Futaba is just, you know, freaking out over stuff. Um... There's also like uh, Shion says that uh, there has been some weird stuff happening around the mansion lately. Like maybe there's a ghost that uh, was behind the place since the house was first built. There will be times when their dog will bark at the walls, even though there's nothing there. So she's like, hey, maybe there's some sort of gr- some sort of ghost. Here. Ooh. And Mutsumi scolds her because Futaba is like squeezing her head. She's so freaked out. Um And um. Tayo and Mutsumi just go about their day with Futaba just, like, clinging on to Mutsumi and stuff. So, time goes by. Mutsumi is like, all right, I know what will get you to calm down, Futaba. I'll read to you until you go to sleep. So, we'll read Momotaro without honor and humanity, which is a peach with blood coming out of it. Okay. So... She starts to read this story, which is, you know, about like a horrible war between like crime lords that are also ogres and humans. And she starts reading it and falls asleep after reading like two paragraphs. So Taya starts taking over instead and reading it, reads it to for Futaba. Futaba seems to calm down. She really enjoys it because she's like, oh, yeah, we read, we, this reminds me of when we read this as a kid. Um, And she says, mom used to read this to us a lot. And back then I wasn't afraid of anything. But when my mother died, I realized no matter how strong you are, some things are out of your control. And no matter how much I trained, strength didn't matter in some situations. It mercilessly took away things that were precious to me. The stronger you get, the more scared you become. And she says, I'm afraid and I lack confidence that I can protect everyone. So I'm a failure as the eldest daughter of the family. So it's better to let them all have a laugh and think that I'm afraid of ghosts. Then let them see this pathetic side of me. Maybe it's because you're my brother-in-law that I can talk to you about it. So thanks for listening. And so they start to have a little Bonnie moment. And then Kyoichiro comes in. So he falls through the, the ceiling. And he's like, oh yeah. Um, I've added spaces in the walls all over this house. So that I could always watch over Muzumi wherever she is. I call them the protect Mutsumi spaces. And so they realize Taya realizes, oh, so the reasons that, you know, like there's been weird noise all over the place and why Goliath has been growing at the walls. And Kyoichro's like, yeah, I was lurking around after the renovations. So Kyocho starts to leave and Futaba grabs him and is like, you can't hide from me. You've been you've been making noises on purpose to freak me out, preying upon my fear of ghosts. And Hiroshi was like, "Please don't hurt me." And I was like, "I'm going to hurt you." And um, the next morning when Mutsumi wakes up, Hiroshi is like tied in a knot, and their dog is pissing on him.
1: Yeah, it's like a great like first. Th- 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 13 pages, pretty, pretty good. You get like, hey, cool, you know, finally get a chance to focus on some other members of the family again. And you forget that they all have different personalities.
0: Tayo establishing a more of a bond with one of them and learning that, hey, you know, they're not just their gimmick. There's a little bit more to them and what drives them. And, you know, Tayo can take that and carry it forward with them. Hey, Keiwitro's here. He's a sister con.
1: it's, It's not even that necessarily. It's that they can't find something for creature to do that isn't just antagonizing the other characters because the manga finds him really funny when he's doing that. That's the only yeah. thing that the manga seems to have any ability to do with this character. Because you thought after last week, maybe he would have changed slightly. Maybe he would be more like open to the other characters. And I guess he's not anti- like specifically antagonizing... Uh, fucking Tayo, this chapter yeah. but he's just doing it to one of those other fame members Yeah, and you could say like oh like kind of like a sibling would do except all he does, he does is this one. Yeah, he, this is all he does so it's just the worst personality trait of him being repeated again and it's right. fucking exhausting
0: even if the chapter had just ended with like him being like oh yeah yeah I've been lurking around in the, in the crawl spaces and stuff like that and Futaba gets pissed off at him and beats him up that would be less annoying than them going the route, oh, he was deliberately messing with Futaba because he's an asshole. Like that's basically it. Yeah. So Alright, Chris. You know what they say? All good things must come to an end. Also Samurai must come to an end. So <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> this is the final chapter of *Samurai Eight: The Tale of Hachimaru*, Chapter Forty Three, which uh, is titled uh, "Pandora's Box." So, um, Atta and Hachimaru are clashing. Uh, we're clashing, rather. Hachimaru was apparently struck fatally by Atta. However, fatally a samurai can be struck. Uh, But Anne's body is glowing extremely brightly. And uh, all of the souls that were gathered around Hachimaru's um, key thing kind of bond together and form a new body around him. One with a big samurai armor gear and stuff seems to start uh, appearing around him. And uh, Ada's master Kala contacts him and and warns him that the age particles are coming to a complete halt. As the area around her becomes immovable, the boundaries of space-time itself are shifting. Be careful! And so Ada's like, is time passing only around her and nowhere else? Sure, I guess. Um, so, also as a result of this, the pocket dimension that that uh, Dharma and the other one were imprisoned in opens up and uh, they're able to get out and now, Hachimaru is standing beside uh, Anne, and they're out seemingly in the vacuum of space in, like, the debris of Ada's ship, it looks like. Uh, Hachimaru is in full samurai regalia. Anne is surrounded by this flaming aura. She's got very long hair now. And Hachimaru says, I've acquired every ability in the Kanga Yasha style. Cool. Yep. Uh is like, seems you've grown quite a bit. And Hachimaru says, well, this is how old I would have been if we had actually run the entire length of, of the story that Kishimoto intended and had, a flashback, uh, 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 had some flashbacks and had some time skips. But now we're just kind of skipping to the end now. I have the power to prove it because now I am the warrior god, Fudomyo. And is like, how dare you slander that name, young pup? And Hachimaru says, young pup, huh? Well, the thing is, time is relative. Don't assume that you and I live at the same speed. Plus, all these... De- I'm sorry, this was my favorite part of the chapter. Plus, all these definitions. Bushi, samurai, fighting styles, warrior god.
1: None of those mean anything. <laughs> okay, thank you.
0: <laughs> <laughs> I know it's the whole philosophy that was trying to be built through this series coming in, in terms of, like, it's how you look at it and how the world looks at you that determines everything, blah de blah blah But after all the lore dumps and exposition, being told, none of that means anything.
1: (laughs) Maybe we should have done it then. Uh,
0: So... And Hi says, They're nothing but a small shift in a tiny part of life. Just a decorative title that makes you act important. Because this isn't all in how you view me, all things considered, right? And even that depends on the viewer. Former Kongo Yasha style, apprentice to Master Dharma, traitor and member of the Yusasama style, out of the peerless, you probably have more, even fancier titles you could trot out. But from my perspective, you're the man who killed my father. Hey. That's pretty cool. You know, didn't get a whole lot of focus going into this battle. But yes, that's the thing that connects Ada to Hachimaru. So it's good to have that called back to. Then we cut to either a flashback or a mental connection. It's a private conversation between Hachimaru and Anne in their own little dimension thing. And Hachimaru warns her that this is going to cause him to vanish. He says, I've cut loose the flow of time at the moment so that I exist in this dimension by borrowing the samurai souls of Ikaku's group. And Anne's like, well, I'm going to be lonely. What about your promise to me? And Hachimaru says, I'll simply become waves that drift through the universe. Man, I'll still be protecting you. Anne asks if she'll be able to see him again. And Hachimaru says, whenever you try to see me, you'll always find me right in front of you.
1: It's like, oh, that's kind of nice. It's a very sweet sentiment. I really that's, like the idea. Nice. It's like, that's what I'm going to become is just waves that drift through the universe. But I'm still protecting you. It's a very sweet. Yeah. Sense, so anytime you want to see me, I'll, I'll appear before
0: you. Anyway, check out my stats.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Everything's really high. Don't look at that bottom one. Everything's really high.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so all of his stats have become an infinity. And now I can say for a fact We never learned what most of these (laughs) meant, So they're all really high. That's all you have to know. I will say I also like the little touch now that I realize that that Hachimaru has his old glasses back on. Mm -hmm. So he's kind of like not afraid to show her how he used to be anymore. So. So Hachimaru takes Anne's hand. And a little icon appears of the technique that Hajimara is going to use the shooting star sword. And Ada's like, He's going to call forth a shooting star. <laughs> this what is my is it, favorite
1: moment of the chapter. It's the next page. They're like, And this fight was happening. <laughs> You're like, oh man. We really just had to just yeah. zoom through everything. <laughs> Goku was fighting some guy. <laughs> is, no i don't really think that's goku is it i thought that was um isn't that fucking what's his name's teacher that's fucking daruma's teacher isn't its is it i think so there was there was like a female teacher he had the old master he of did. daruma you're right and i, I like sure. and it was just like and she's fighting the master old ninja dude like wizard oh, you're like, dead <laughs> all right, yeah. you're like all right i guess this was happening too in the side
0: she says, you don't seem to be able to see it yet, Kala, which is not his master. As if, uh, and Kala's like, as if I'd ever rely upon your mind's eye. And she says, well, that's true. It is still developing. I suppose I can't blame you for not sensing it. And there's a brrrr, and And um, they see a bling in the distance. And someone says... The seven true keys will come together very soon. I guess this is still Dharma's master. They are but seven tiny dots spread across space. But one day they will connect and form a line that you can see. And this time we do see Goku and Ichigo and uh, uh,
1: other uh, characters who uh, would have been important. (laughs) Hang on. Hang on.
0: Ryu and... Ryu's friend. (laughs) Forget his real name. And uh oh gosh, I've forgotten their name already. Not 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 not, Danashi. Yes. And and Anne. And two more people. They are people. Mm. Yes. So presumably, I guess this is an indicator of like, oh yes, these were all going to be the seven stars. I guess, except for Anne. I don't know.
1: Yeah, well, yeah. and I think they're kind of taking over as this idea that she's, she's the samurai that leads the future. But, um... The other seven. So. Yeah, I, obviously we knew Hachimaru was one of them, so I wonder if one of these wasn't planned to. But... Ichigo was supposed to be one of them, so... Yeah, maybe it was this idea she would have matured into. I thought she was already... She was already kind of pinpoint, though, as one of them. Sanda wasn't. She was was. Or Sansa. Sanda was not. Ryu, Ryu was one. Yeah. Um. I mean,
0: I'm trying to think because Goku, Ichigo, and Sanda all have, and Nanashi obviously, all have characters in their names for numbers. Because Ichi is one. San is four, I think. Go, Ichi, Ni, San, Sanda is three. San, Nana is seven. Hachi is eight. Go is five, I think. So I think that I'm not sure about Ryu though. So unless it's like an alternate
1: like. He might have a full name we didn't ever learn about. He might have a different name. He had amnesia, so so I don't even know if we actually his name was Ryu. My point is that, I mean,
0: there was the numbering thing going through their name, so maybe was the plan for the beginning for all of them. Uh Anyway. So. So the Dharma's master says the seven true keys will come together very soon there, but tiny dots separated across space. But one day they'll connect and form a line that you can see like a very long shooting star holding the wishes of every soul in the galaxy. And Kara says, I see. So And so uh, Dharma looks down at this thing or Kara does. I don't know. The reason I'm able to stay in human form and you've grown so much is because we are in a separate time space. Hachimaru says that. OK, and so oh, Dharma says that, damn it, it's so hard to tell. <laughs> <laughs> the other one says, surpassing time and space. Hachimaru is a being of pure H particles now, whatever those were supposed to be. And. And says, this is Hachimaru's key. He might still be inside. So Dharma connects to it and is he sees seven holes in a cube. Could this be? That's it. That's what this means. It was here in the inner space. Hachimaru, it's you, your Pandora's box. And the box that he looks at with the holes in it has beams of light shooting out in different directions. And he's like, ah, those are the locations of your companions. Thank you, Hachimaru. And so all of Hachimaru's companions gather together at the site of his father's grave. And Anne thinks to herself as she prays before the grave, I've reported the news to your father. Now we're going to search for the others. And she's presented with Hachimaru's katana. And so she ties it onto her back, ties her hair back up in a ponytail, and she's wearing this kimono. And she says, hey, how do I look? And Sanda says, like a charming princess who's gotten even more beautiful, if you ask me. And Ryu says, who's asking you? (laughs) Which is nice. But Ichigo says, you look like a gallant samurai. And Nanashi says, just like Hachimaru, in fact. And so they say, it's time to leave. The next journey is calling us. And so they all head off into space. And they had many more adventures. And Uh Hachimaru was dead and not dead at the
1: same time. He's evolved past the, the concept of living as we know it. This is actually not a bad chapter. No, I mean, there's actually a lot of really cool things in this. And there's a lot of really sweet sentiments that like, are kind of expressed in one concentrated moment that, like, is pretty enjoyable. Um, It, like, the only bad parts of it are kind of the parts that were forced upon it to be like, wait, what's this? This fight's happening over here. What's this thing doing? What's what's going on? You're like, oh, it's just because we had to slam together what probably would have been, like, an 80 chapter arc into a single page, like like a single chapter, because like, an 80 chapter
0: arc that was not supposed to be the final arc kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah. So
1: I I do actually think that as Samurai, it goes, I think this is actually a pretty good, like final chapter. Mm -hmm. I do kind of like how Hachimaru's story kind of comes to an end in this, this very, very, odd way but it's a very satisfying and different way and i do like how it sets up the idea of like on is sort of the the hero of this story now yeah and they have this team and they still have adventures to go to you know so
0: i would have liked to have seen an actual story like that explains you know that have a story being told where it's more obvious that this is the way that things are going to to end, you know, like, uh, actually have an idea of like, cause you know, this happens with, with Anne and it's like, yeah, I guess I could buy that. But if it were a longer one, I'm sure that we would have actually had more signs pointing in that direction that this is the fate that was going to be meeting her. Uh, a couple of things I want to note since this is the final chapter of Samurai eight. One is that, uh, unbelievably, there are some people who are very upset that this series got canceled. Uh, <laughs> There were, we found them, Chris. We found the people who love Samurai Eight. They were there all along. Yeah. It's just that none of them were buying volumes, I guess.
1: Well, there's only uh, so many of them. Hey, there's look, only so they, many of them. They,
0: They're an endangered species.
1: To be 100% completely fair, those people could be the same people who would turn to us and be like, "We found them. The cross-managed fans. They're out there." Yes, like, yes that was us. So that was us. I get That's it. True. Like to be fair,
0: not gonna. I'm not hating on you for loving something. Yeah, I'm just saying the reason why the series is being canceled is because this did not catch on with nearly enough people as well as it caught on with you. Sorry, this is what happens when you get into manga and you love it from chapter three. <laughs> this yeah. is that 90% of the time you get your heart broken.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's unfortunate too, but hey, the the... The writer behind it, Kishimoto, he's not going to go anywhere. I'm sure there'll be another... It might be some years before it happens because, I mean, it took some time between Naruto ending and finally putting this out, but I'm sure we will see Crossman... I'm sure we'll see Kishimoto uh, writing another series.
0: Uh, There was some stuff that was getting linked in the Discord about this, people's reaction to it, and also uh, there was like an interview with Kishimoto uh that or he like explained that he wanted to do a sci-fi series because he felt he had the opportunity to do one because it's very difficult to get a sci-fi series off the ground because of the exposition that's required in it but he thought that he could use his uh his leverage and uh, you know his clouts in order to pull it off turns out he still wasn't good enough at doing doing the balance between all of that freaking you know, big explanation and exposition and stuff. But yeah, it's a shame. I'm sure that we're going to get another good sci-fi series. I mean, World Trigger did come along at one point and (laughs) it's not in jump anymore, but it's still running. So yeah,
1: look, and there's, there's, there's tons of different series. Like I know that a lot of the issue right now is currently that a lot of people are like Samurai and jump has nothing that's worth it anymore. Rage, rage, rage against the dying of the light, essentially. Um, And I, I would say to those people, I, I'm sorry that something you really enjoyed has ended. I know the feeling and the pain of that. Uh, I would keep yourself optimistic and and keep looking forward. It's 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 unfortunate. the The shonen jump machine can be a very cruel mistress at times, mm-hmm. and there are plenty fantastic series that died way too early on. Uh, I myself cannot necessarily say that cha- the that samurai was one of them for me, but I I know plenty others. I would say keep your mind open and keep reading series because you'll, I'm sure, find other series you like in time. Also, just read Chainsaw Man. I'm 90% certain everybody who enjoyed Samurai 8 for the reasons they did are going to love the shit out of Chainsaw Man anyway. Read Chainsaw Man. It'll fill
0: the Samurai 8-shaped hole in your heart. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. One last note because people keep on mentioning it in the chat. There was no send the silent in this chapter. What
1: the fuck? I know. None. None. He, he was finally silent, Nick. He, he, was, he was finally like, silent. He's like, guys, you know what? I've said my piece. I'm gonna head out. I have nothing else to add to all this.
0: He yeah. just keeps on delaying his his exit, though. So, it's... I'm gonna let you guys get to what you're doing. And it's cool that you're like the protagonist now. Just want to say, you know, you di- don't don't cry for me. You know, I'm gonna go my own way, and mm-hmm. you go yours. So,
1: you know, parring is such sweet sorrow. So, uh, come more things. <laughs> He's like, hey, you know what? We had some good times together. Uh, female character who was my princess. We had some great moments together. Can't remember your name, but hey, we really uh, really connected there. Um, dog dude. I think we were supposed to arrest you, but hey, we didn't. So, you know, worked out well for that. Uh, <laughs> what else? What else? Everybody else just, like, seven massive space feel like comes waiting. up to Nanashi. Uh, oh, hair over the face
0: person. Um, Remember when we um uh we've never talked before? Oh, thank God! <laughs> Phew, man, I thought I was going to be the asshole there. Anyways, that's why they send the forgetful, you know. <laughs> send the socially awkward. <laughs> oh God, poor Sen. Samurai 8 is dead, but send the silent will live forever. <laughs> yeah. Don't worry about
1: <laughs> that. That's, that should be the last page. It says Samurai 8 is ended. Thank you for reading. But then, like, in tiny little letters at the end. But send the silent will return. <laughs> All right. Zipman. <laughs> what a transition into Zipman. Like, so, next week we're going to find out what another series ending looks like. <laughs> Basically... <laughs>
0: Chapter 15 Fighting Brothers. Kaname and Koshiro are fighting with each other. Boom, bang. Ba-di-bop, 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 ba-di-bop. <laughs> Can't
1: we just end the chapter there? That's all it was. It was a big zip zap zoodly boop 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 boop.
0: <laughs> um, the, uh, hang on. uh, and, uh, uh, Eventually, China shows up on the scene and Zipman Weiss goes to attack her, but all oh, Zipman's head goes through his chest and grabs his zipper from through his chest from behind. And uh, Koshiro is like, how dare you use China as bait? That's impossible for you. And Konami says, if it's for you, we decide we do it together, not alone. And the director's like, huh, I didn't think he would lose, but at least I got some good data I can transfer to the backup suit. Return to me, Koshiro. when he gets the mirror thing out again. And Koshiro's zipper starts to glow, but Kanabe says, I won't ever let you go again, and he attaches it to the Zipman suit. And that's where the chapter ends. There is no fucking way that this series is not ending next week.
1: Like, seriously? It's definitely ending, and it's sad because it's not a bad chapter. Like, this has been a a conflict I I would have liked to have seen at some point. But yeah, I mean, what, what, what can you really say?
0: This is not the way the series was supposed to end. Well, this is the way it was supposed to end, but this is not the way it was supposed to end. It's
1: not the you know? speed at which it was supposed to end. Right. Yeah. So. All right. Let's talk about We Never Learned, Nick. Question 152. X equals Thumbelina yeah. Supercomputer Part 2. So we open up several months earlier from last chapter in spring. Yuega's working at the Udon Shot. He's talking about how Ogata and Sekiji are roommates now. And Nick's gone, guys. We can just say whatever we want uh second joe's like oh have you seen my girlfriend because i love ogata and i can't wait to try to marry her you hear that guys she she said it that means nick owes me a pizza <laughs> unfortunately that's not how it works but if you guys all just like buy into it like if you really build it up then i think he has to do it i mean what else is he gonna do um so yeah she basically says hey Buy into the false propaganda <laughs> <laughs> see I was uh, listening the whole time you can't pull one over on me no <laughs> uh we basically hear them saying like oh yeah we got this room uh, this this apartment together it's it's three rooms it's a part like it's it's like super close to the station and it's only 20,000 yen it's 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 crazy and you wake up and be like god damn it it's that fucking apartment isn't it so uh Yuega goes in, sees the little girl, basically is like, oh, hey, honestly, nothing really happens in this chapter. I, I guess I could just skip over this. He finds well, the little girl. Here's, here's the thing. It's not that nothing
0: happened in this chapter. So we nothing happened in the last, yeah, nothing happened in the last chapter, because there's a little bit we learn in this one, but literally everything that was established in the previous chapter is reestablished in this one.
1: Yeah. So, so like, there's
0: really no point to the previous week.
1: Yeah. So like the little girls there... Basically, he's like, oh, hey, someone's here. He's like, oh, well, I she's a friendly ghost. I'll just introduce them. Maybe they can befriend her. Tries to introduce her. The are you What are you talking about? There's no one there. And uh, she's like, oh, I guess if people don't have a strong sense of my presence, they can't really see me. Uh, there's some uh, weird jokes. And then they go out. <laughs> uh, yes. I guess this is a very strong ghost cuz she can leave the house and like follow them on shopping dates essentially. Uh She explains that
0: she has to be near the residence of the apartment in order to be able to leave its boundaries. So she,
1: Well she says specifically I can go anywhere I want as long as I'm with the residents of the apartment. Right. So So it's part of the curse. Yeah, it's such a weird rule to be like she can go on these sexy dates too. Uh, Ogata's trying on swimsuits, joke. Emphasis does. on yeah. sexy,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh,
1: there's a couple poses I'm like, was this Ogata posing like this, or is the camera choosing to she create this pose? She
0: literally does the Bobby Lashley pose yeah. at one point. <laughs> so, where she's like, look at my ass! So, it's... It doesn't... I mean, she's not adjusting the suit or anything.
1: Yeah, so, she's just mooning the crowd, Nick Boo! Boo you Intercontinental Champion Bobby Lashley and Mouthpiece Leo Rush Boo!
0: What a time capsule that is actually <laughs> It's so weird that it's like, yeah, what a very particular time that was now <laughs> That was only like, like
1: a year ago too, like I'm not referring yeah. to like seven years ago You're just like, yeah It was,
0: like, was like January to April of last year and that was it Like,
1: <laughs> It's this weird thing where we're like Bobby Lashley gets to do an entirely new program and identity once every six months.
0: Anyway, he's fucking this man's wife now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, man, the cucking. Anyway, that uh, storyline's over
0: now. <laughs> <laughs> Except it's back because Alistair Black needed an opponent and we couldn't put him in the battle royal.
1: <laughs> uh, basically, Uega's like, they all look really great, but he's he's not, you know, looking at her super close. She's like, can you look at me when you say that? Or is this too stimulating? <laughs> Oh, I thought that was Sorry, you so- slapping at the air in anger. You're like, no!
0: Ha! Yeah, that's it. Well, because <laughs> I know what would have really made me angry is if instead of you, ego there, that would have been seki Joe there. Because then oh, you'd yeah. be like, I
1: wish. Well, <laughs> I mean, her nose is shooting full of blood right now, but whatever. We're in this weird so here- super timeline where the only way for me to get this free pizza is for her to just be like, oh, God, I love you. <laughs> If I remember
0: correctly, the conditions of the bet were that she has to be in love with Ogata, not that she has to be a lesbian.
1: It's such a ticky tack way of doing this, but all right, it's oh, fine. Oh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> um. Anyway, so, a gay person's in love with Chris. Is that it? <laughs> Maybe I don't know. Uh. Anyway, Ogata's trying on a swimsuit. She screams. She pulls Yuiga in and like. St- Shoves him against her chest, and she's like, What are you talking about? She's like, I saw something in the mirror, and there's a spooky ghost. And they're basically like, Yep, the ghost can be seen by other people, uh, basically, but only in mirrors, and it always looks terrifying, or people sometimes can snap pictures of her, and it always looks like that. Yes. Um Seki Joe shows up and is like, I found a bikini. It's practically all straps, maximum destructo power, and you can see yes. the bikini. And it literally is, like, string and, like, a Band-Aid in the middle, <laughs> which is, like, hmm, okay. Uh, and she's, like, wait, where are they? They're not here. Uh, they're actually wrapped up in the curtain. And they're they're super close. And Uega's, like, oh, man, I didn't really think about it. God is, like, did I need to hide, too? I mean, I was the one using the changing room. And he's like, "Oh, I guess that was dumb to me." And she's like, "Oh no, but this kind of feels like we're boyfriend and girlfriend."
0: Let me tell you something, Chris. The number of dates that Nicole and I have been on, where we go into the changing room together and wrap ourselves up in the changing room
1: curtains, it's it's like that's usually what. When do you do that, Nick? Is it like fourth date material, or is you like to tease it out a little bit? <laughs> You're like, "I'm a gentleman. Uh, I don't do that until the dozen date." I Okay. <laughs> uh, anyway, their shopping trip has ended, but uh, Ogata says pay back for before, and she reaches out, and she wraps her pinky around Juegas and uh, I assume it's juega saying that this is our game. Ever since that Christmas night, the two of us continue to play our own little game. So
0: this is basically saying that the timeline is, pretty much diverged at even a completely different point than when the Ephemeral Mermaid arc Mm -hmm. began. So it's basically actually going back and saying, no, no, no. See that all that stuff didn't actually happen that way. So this is very much like, yeah, alternative continuity. I think that this is, This has me more interested in this story than the previous one did because the previous one had nothing to do with Yuiga and Ogata's relationship, save saying Ogata is the girl that Yuiga ends up with in this storyline. So this one is establishing different stuff. Okay, that's that's fine. But again, I do have to say the previous chapter was basically completely meaningless after seeing this one. That yeah. said, this one also had some absurdly shameless fan service. Probably the most shameless, honestly, that we've seen thus far. Or at least in a while. I most say, shameless that... not having to do with Kirisu. Yeah, okay. I would say
1: we, we've seen some pretty shameless fan service before, but it's been a while since we've gotten something to that extent.
0: So. Um, and also there's just more stuff involving the ghost girl. And so, yeah. Didn't really care too much for this one, but at least it is like, okay then we're going to do things different a little differently now. So, all right, Dr. Stone Z equals 144. Bruce, and Gen versus Senku and Kohaku. It's time for the poker battle between those four people to decide what route they're going to be taking to cross the Pacific ocean, to go to North America. Uh, and also there are also some people who are actually placing bets on who's going to win amongst the uh, bystanders. Um, I like how, you know, Suika's there and she's betting and she's like I don't know what this, all this means but Ryusui seems better at games so I'm betting on him. So, uh, And immediately of course it breaks into a who can cheat can gen cheat uh, when Kohaku was watching him and Senku's analyzing what he does. So you know he tries to uh, stack the deck and Kohaku uh, stops him and uh, she's like you know I'm pretty sure that you put a specific top card on top of the deck. So I'm, I'll admit that I was wrong if the top card isn't the Ace of Hearts. And of course it is. And again, it's like, oh, what a coincidence. Oh, and there are some very basic card shark tricks that are explained in this chapter. So
1: there's one though. That's so like, when they tried to be like, here's another card trick you could do. Sprinkle some salt on top of your deck. And I was like, what, that the, hell? I was like, what I- the hell are you talking about? And they're like, oh, well, that'll help the beetle in your sleeve react to the sugar. I was like, oh, we're not supposed to use that one. Like, I really, I said there was like, what the hell are they talking about? <laughs> one, how am I not going to be super noticeable sprinkling sugar on one of the cards? But two... They were like, hey, that beetle that's up your sleeve, it's gonna react to the sugar.
0: Yeah. Kohaku catches Gen trying to do that. As Gen's like, I'm not touching the cards though. And Kaku's like, you can't move your hands at all now. Because she doesn't trust him. And for sure enough, yes, the beetle in his fucking sleeve eventually emerges. Uh, when Seku finally figures out what the hell he was trying to do. Um and Kohaku's like, just how many tricks do you have? And gets like, oh, that's it! That's all the tricks I have! Look, there's the deck! Check the whole thing! Check the whole deck, one by one. And Senku realizes all of our eyes, Kohaku's mind, the audience's all of them are on the deck! And so Ryusui has a hand of cards, of course, and he goes all in. And they're like, oh man, it's gotta be the final hand now! And in that moment, Ryusui's cards in his hand got flipped around. So... Kok is like, you swapped in some cards, and Gen's like, oh, I must I'm I'm shocked by this accusation, of course. And Senku is like, yeah, now it makes sense. You know, you made some really obvious tricks so that we would be paying attention to you, so that you could actually swap out Ryusui's cards. And so all this was just for your decisive move. So everyone's like, oh man, the only way Senku can win, because he swapped out four cards, he must have four aces. So the only way that Senku can win is with a straight flush, which is basically impossible. So Senku does some calculations and then he just kind of like says, so Kohaku can hear second and fifth from the top, second from the bottom. So Ukiyo, the dealer is thinking Senku's got to fold here, but Senku goes all in as well. They're like, but Why? And so Gen realizes what Senku's doing. Oh, he's drawn everyone's attention away. A basic you know, a basic magic trick. And so Gaka says, and we'll be replacing three of the cards in our hands. And she just go, <laughs> slices through the deck. it's like, did those really come from the top of the deck? And she's like, Of course it was. I'm offended by this accusation. <laughs> and so I mean, Sukasa immediately is like, yeah, she grabbed them from the middle of the face-down deck. And Chrome's like well, yeah, even if she didn't grab from the top, who cares? You know, it's not like she could see what the cards were. And Gen looks at the cards and is like, well, there's no special markings on them or anything. So Ries like, maybe it's just a big bluff. So he looks at me and he's like, all right, that's it. This will settle it. This this one hand, we're both all in. He puts down his four aces and Senku puts down a royal straight flush. And everyone's like, ah, my chips! That's the game! And Yuki is like, there are five aces on the board. Oh, well,
1: <laughs> I do love it being like five aces. Yeah, fuck it. <laughs> so again, it's like, how did
0: you do that? How did you mark them? And sick and sick is like, well, I mean, you can't mark them. My scientific marking is colorless and invisible it's urushiol soaked up from some lacquer that we've conveniently got lying around and from the start i've been searching for these key cards and marking their edges with the urushiol and uh at that moment uh Mitsubi looks over and is like oh right like the that it's the lacquer from the recorder okay uh, and Suika's is like Oh, but if it's see through, then that means nobody can see what it is. How could Senku tell what the cards were? And Senku's entire face is swollen up, and they're like, "All oh, right, his skin is really sensitive, so he used it as a sensor." So he hits his hand raised up in victory, while his cheeks are each the size of someone's skull, and his lips are all puffed out. So, like, all right, well, that just settles what the what the uh, route is. We're gonna take the faster route and use GPS to navigate the globe. So. This is a fun enjoyable chapter. Um I don't really get exactly how he would have sensed it with the individual cards. I thought he would have just, you know, tracked them with his memory after the cards were shuffled repeatedly or something like that. But whatever.
1: It's it's the Doctor Stone way of doing gambling and it's it's silly and like a little bit dumb, but it's it's fun ultimately. Yes. It's the um, Boichi it, has quite the stocking fetish, you could tell.
0: Does he? Nah. <laughs> Boichi you know, thinks that a part of the woman's body is sexy. Nah. Um. But yeah, I mean, you know, the Inigaki way of gambling—don't actually gamble, you know. So, <laughs> chainsaw man. Vroom vroom. Chapter sixty-three: Trip to Hell. Beam has been knocked unconscious. Denji was has been crucified by the last nail, and Toka sees his master emerging from a uh, doorway as she applauds for him. She says, "You did it, Toka. You completed the job I assigned to do. You've become a full-fledged devil hunter." And Toka's like, "All right, let's let's move him, master." But she pauses and she says, "There's no need to move that body." You always follow my instructions diligently. There were times when I was hard on you, but it was all for your own good. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking. You're part of the family now, too. And we get some flashbacks of the two of them spending time together. Uh, Her kind of nestled against his chest, talking to him while he's in bed with some stuffed bears. Uh, Them tracking down a fox and her holding up the fox's body. And she says, I'll tell you the secret to making a sophisticated doll. Take the human you'll turn into a doll and add emotions only humans have. Adoration, worship, pity, and the secret ingredient, guilt. And she puts her hand on his chest and he seizes up and he, t- he just freezes and he's just completely obedient and docile now. And she says, it's finished. We cut to Santa, who is outside, and he walks in through the doors. Aki wakes up at this moment, sees <laughs> Ch- Ch- Chuan-Chi pick up the uh, bodyguard who was fighting her before, who goes, Way? And she throws him out the window, too. This is like the third person she's thrown outside so far. Uh, he summons she, the octopus.
1: See, the problem is she thinks it's the Royal Rumble so she's like uh, I've eliminated like four people I'm, I'm doing great and then she doesn't realize that it's not a battle royale so
0: no she's still, she can't win the tile by count out Chris mm. so fortunately the bodyguard summons his octopus again and it catches him right before his head's gonna hit the ground so Tuan Chi turns around Aki is there the angel devil is there a few of the other bodyguards are there and then all of a sudden Aki gets a vi- uh, vision of the future and he's like what the hell is this um the newly dolled toka standing at attention santa is standing at attention and toka's master is now standing outside and she and she says bye-bye grandpa as santa quote-unquote turns his hand into a doll's blade and stabs himself through the chest as he declares I offer my heart and my beloved children in exchange. Hell devil call all living things in this department store to hell. And we cut over to a house somewhere where there are four children eating dinner. And then a finger starts to go across the page where they have appeared. So that's creepy. And Santa, quote unquote, is left lying in a pool of his own blood as literally everyone else who was in the fucking building is now in just a dark area, this abyss. Um, And Kobeni is there and the violence devil are there. Denji's body is there along with Tolka. And everyone's just like, what the fuck is happening? As we cut to outside where all the people who were thrown out through the window are just kind of looking up at it and uh, the real Santa is sitting on a doll's back as she decrees have a good trip Tolka and a hand falls from the sky and snatches the building and we see everyone in a field with a countless number of doors in the sky and they're in this flowery field and there is a fucking bathtub there.
1: As you do. Well, (laughs) that was a trip. (laughs) It's a pretty bonkers chapter. I like it though.
0: Um, I guess we'll have to see exactly what the fuck happened next time, but this is, this was crazy and very interesting uh, development. So,
1: yeah, this is something that I'm sure like more time will help. Also, like, I know there's a lot of people analyzing every step of this, like Mm -hmm. this happens and everything like that. I'm just somebody who tends to prefer to like, let these sort of situations play out and then see it from afar. But uh, I do enjoy that. The premise we were kind of initially promised of like four foreign assassin teams are going to come to try to kill Denji has completely not happened and it's just kind of become this crazy battle royale with uh, like mm-hmm. three different like teams that are trying to do completely different things kind of going on it, yeah it's, it's and pretty cool
0: one of them is now trapped inside one of the other assassins uh realms and one of them has lost two of his companions and he's just outside with her and along with some of denji's bodyguards it's it's it's, it's yeah it's it's really messy because, you know, things in, in unfolded so chaotically. So, yeah.
1: I also enjoy that because quanji has been throwing so many people out of the building. Like That's we, why they're separated. Like, we've, we've had a very could clear... have all been inside the building if she just didn't go. Hoop! <laughs> yeah. Like, so it's because it's, there's, like, two members of, like, two of Quanji's girlfriends are out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kobeni's out there. Like. No, there's... Kobeni's inside of the. Not, no, not Kobeni. Um. The the mad wolf, or whatever they call him, the old dude. Right, 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 right. He's out there. So, like, there's a bunch of characters that are outside this place, and, like, it'll be cool to see how they have to interact. I don't know why I said it like that. It'll be cute if they interact like that, but. Yeah. (sighs) All right, Nick, let's talk about Seven Deadly Sins, chapter something. Why does uh, fucking Crunchyroll always do that? 344 to the future.
0: So. We haven't had Seven Deadly Sins for the past two weeks. Mm -hmm. So the chapter that actually came out this week was chapter 346. Yes. But that still hasn't been put up on Crunchyroll. So we're like, it's, yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, Anyways, we're going to talk about these two chapters. And um, I don't have a ton to say about these. I will say this. So there was a a new mobile game that came out recently. Seven Deadly Sins Grand Cross is a gotcha game for, for Seven Deadly Sins. And I was playing it. And I'm glad I played it because it it helped me learn a lot of the characters are going to see who I had completely oh, forgotten good. about. Because um, yeah, it's a it's a collect them all kind of thing, yeah, right? But I uninstalled that game though because it is real bad. Whoo! All right, bad rates. This Jeff <laughs> had to say about it, Chris.
0: I, <laughs> it's the only one I trust. You to know get what? My-
1: that's I that's fair. Pushed. Jeff might have a better opinion than I did. I, maybe I just had really bad pulls, so I don't know. Um, so for the third time in Seven Deadly Sins everything's finally wrapping <laughs> up. <laughs> Everyone's going to get married. Uh, Galther's going to go out on a journey to find what th- their goal in life is going to be. Uh, they all say, Hey, we're going to be friends together. There's a brief moment where it's Malidius, Elizabeth and Hawk. And they're like, wow, just the three of us, just like we were when this journey all started. Hawk's like, Hey, I'm going to head out. I'm going to go to purgatory. And everyone's like, "How's he expect to get to purgatory? And uh, there's a cutaway to the king being like, you're going to take Mary and to become the king. Oh, this is so great. And they're like, well, eventually <laughs> we're going to go out traveling the world first, which is, I don't know why we didn't just do a time skip because essentially every fucking group says, I'm going to go out and explore the world with the exception of Bon and Elaine, Alla- Or not Bon and Alla- King and Diane, who are like, we're going to just head to the fairy forest to start restoring things. Every other group's like, time to explore the world! <laughs> um, That's basically all the, the consequence there. The king's like, no, I want grandkids one day. Hawk finds a portal. We're not sure exactly who opens it. Hmm but it's Mm -hmm. a portal to purgatory. It's one of the seven holy virtues, Chris. It's (laughs) definitely going (laughs) to happen. Hawk goes into purgatory. He's like, oh, it's it's burning. Oh, it's pain. Oh, why did I go here? This is really bad. And then who should he bump into but Mild, who everybody was like, aren't you dead? And Hawk's like, Mild, my brother. He's like, no, no, it's, 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 don't, don't don't get too attached. I only have a million years left on me. Hawk's like, that's enough time. <laughs> so I was like, I do kind of like that. <laughs> that
0: is that is really funny that he thinks like, oh, I don't have much time left. That, that's actually a really long time, bro.
1: <laughs> <laughs> I expended so much of myself helping to fight against the demon Lord. Oh wait, no, I have plenty of time. <laughs> now Let's go to chapter 345 airs. So we open with, uh, Slater and I think Simon is his name. He was one of those characters I had to discover in the game because I forgot this I character do. fucking existed. <laughs> uh, nothing happens there. We see that Hauser has taken on a role as like a chief holy knight who trains the others. I don't know why he's specifically training Giulia and Jericho when they should also be pretty high ranked too, but I don't know. I, we needed to fit them in somewhere. Uh, Jericho gets a message like, hey, something's happening up on the lane, so she runs out. She's got to go do that thing. Uh, we see Death Pierce, who I don't fucking remember at all. He didn't show up in the game, so I, I had no idea who this character was. And he's like, I'm going to start my own kingdom! One for humans and humans alone! And he leaves. That's that's all we get from Death Well, Pierce. that doesn't sound bad at all. Yeah. Uh, then we see... Uh, Dreyfus and Hendrickson who have both quit the the Holy Knights and have started up a potion shop together. And this story won't let them fuck. Just let them fuck. God damn it. They definitely are not opening a potion shop together and in a gay relationship. They're definitely not wink, wink, wink. Then we cut over to the former King. He's around with the other people, Gil Thunder and the, princess whose name I'm never gonna remember and then Veronica and another character only discovered because of the game uh Moore. I forgot he was there uh,
0: uh the guy who's, that's guy who uh whose father was uh right
1: yeah he's the guy who makes His father shields. Be... okay that's all he does for my knowledge <laughs> I don't know he's I think anyway. you know he might be Dreyfus's son I can't remember. Yes, they didn't really establish yes. that couple like that relationship so much. There's not a whole lot there. Basically, just the king mentions like, "Oh well, I I already know what gender Meliodas and Elizabeth's son's going to uh, uh, child is going to be thanks to my vision." Um, we go to the forest. Bon and Elaine are having a child. Elaine's pregnant. She's she's just about ready to give birth, and they're like, what what should we name our baby? And Bond's like, I've already decided. And we cut over to Leonis, and Elizabeth's about to have a baby. And she's like, what do we name the baby? And Leonis's like, I've made up my mind. And Meliodis and Elizabeth's baby is going to be named Tristan, and Elena Bond's baby is going to be Lancelot. So we're continuing on the Arthurian legend stuff. Yes, um, yes. There's going to be a great, wonderful future for you ahead. They've already confirmed there is going to be a Seven Deadly Sins spinoff. I don't know if it's going to be by the really? Magica. Okay. Yeah, they've, they've confirmed a spinoff. I've heard rumors that it might be related to Arthur, but it also might just be attached to these kids as well. Who knows? Bond looks at, or Melodius looks out the window and is like, "Well, well, well. Wonder what kind of future awaits." Yeah. Okay. It was fine. Look. We've done this three times now. I just keep waiting for another rock to fall. <laughs> like in my cry
0: life, wolf again,
1: cry wolf again. Like, like no, they announced the final chapter date. It has to end this time. And then boom, rock falls. And I'm like, follow this up with the next sequel series, Seven Deadly Sins Two. Suck it, nerds. We got you again. Buy it, bitch! Like, this is just a level of the fucking Sharingan I never realized the Genjutsu that makes me think that Seven Deadly Sins is actually going to end and it never does. And I'm just trapped in this hellish repetition of that ending.
0: Oh, man. Promise Neverland. Ooh, man, Chapter... what, a, what
1: a fucking like, downswing of emotion, too. Chapter
0: 172. Free there is a very nice two-page color spread of Emma and Ray and Norman hanging out together. Uh, They've got all sorts of, like, you know, pieces from games and stuff, and a chessboard and everything. It's very sweet.
1: Uh, What fucking game are they playing, though? That's got to be confusing. When they making up rules? Best game ever, apparently. Yeah, yeah.
0: (laughs) So, Rotri is like, well, Emma's the one who made the promise, so I'll take her down with me. Come with daddy, my children! I'm scary. I'm a very well-established villain.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I read this chapter, but I must have skipped over this panel. Because what the fuck is <laughs> So he's like, I was wrong.
0: Don't shoot me. And he's like, I'll stab her when I get close enough. But Emma lowers her gun and is like, we don't want to kill you. We came here to talk to you. And he's like, Huh? And Emma says, inviolable non-interference. We won't retaliate or attack the Rachi clan anyway. In return, we want you to approve our freedom. We'll all go to the human world. We want you to approve and not get in the way to leave us alone. And Rachi's like, she's an idiot. And she's like, really? You're going to forgive me? But Emma flashes back to a conversation she had with uh, Jillian, who said, I can't forgive them. I'm never going to forgive them. And how could you feel sorry for them? How could you forgive them? And Emma says, I can't forgive them. There's no way I can. I hate them. I miss Hugo and Lucas, what they did to Mary and them. Okay, so there's a way of referring to multiple people in Japanese, which is to say the name of just one person and then to say Tachi at the end. So, you know, Mary and company, basically. Mm -hmm. The Straw Hats could be referred to, for example, as Lufitachi. Translating it in English this way of Mary and them is so such an and the rest way of addressing people that you supposedly cared about who were killed. It's so gross. Norman and his friends makes more sense because it's Norman's group. Yeah. But when you're saying Mary and the other people who were killed at the same time as Mary. By the way, who the fuck was Mary? Is such a fucking, who cares who these characters were? God. Emma's pissed off at them and she hates the system of the farms and all of it's unforgivable. And and also Chris hasn't woken up yet.
1: Oh, Chris, we've forgotten about yeah. him.
0: And so she says in the present,
1: they got the medicine for him.
0: Yeah, you should be fine. She says, I can't forgive you, but I want I don't want to resolve this by killing you. I don't want to hate and resent and fear anymore. I don't want those feelings. I don't. So I want to be smile. We want to be free. And that's what we've been fighting for all this time. It's not just our fate or circumstances, hatred and fear, too. We don't want to be imprisoned by anything anymore. And so back in the flashback when she was having this conversation with Jillian, Oliver and Nigel, you know, we like, yeah, we want to do this because we want to be free. And it's hard to forgive, but unless we do, we won't truly be free. And I was like, but it still won't be easy to get through to him. And I was like, but I, wa- I want to try. I want to talk it out. And Jillian got upset with her. And she's like, you know, you're talking like a dreamer, but fine. Let's go as far as we can, which is nice to have this conversation with the Goldie Pond people in terms of like, hey, this is how I'm going to do things. And she kind of needed their blessing in order to go forward with this and to have them come around to this is a nice little touch. That said, this is the most, like, if we all just put in the effort, it would all be okay. The middle of the road is the way to go.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so So, look, I don't necessarily disagree with some of the ideas on this, but. I, because I, 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 I liked Emma's characterization. This feels in line with what Emma would say and do, and obviously that is the thesis of the Promised right. Neverland—that this is the way problems would be solved. But I, did you have to? in it use a giant page showing all these real life ver- you're like if only we could talk the, things out there wouldn't be right. homeless people or women there suffering wouldn't be, or civil there wouldn't rights be act. Like,
0: there wouldn't be migrants from other countries being rejected there wouldn't be the coronavirus
1: question marks all over <laughs> like, it's just one of those things where you're like man what a fucking poorly timed chapter and why in the world you would try to like directly connect this to all these events is mind boggling like just replace that
0: page with the page from uh, air gear of the uh, World Trade Center (laughs) collapsing
1: like what a, a poor decision to marry this to I mean
0: having the ideals shared here is one thing, but then literally having Emma saying, could we have been friends just because our positions are different? We fight, denigrate and hate each other. But if we take away our positions, if we could think that way, maybe we wouldn't have to hate each other. We are the
1: world. (laughs) We are the children. Fuck off. (laughs) like it's just it, it's such a weird sentiment because it's also the scale of these things is all over the place one the coronavirus would have probably still happened. like that's not something that you're just like if only we were friends the coronavirus wouldn't have happened like now that's I think the idea there is that it's there wouldn't one be of the riots. things that
0: there wouldn't be people denigrating each other because oh the coronavirus comes from China or yeah. whatever that is true it's a very weird thing to include
1: in a collage of other things though but it's also it's so, like if only people were able to understand each other there wouldn't be twitter bullying and also racism i guess <laughs> like <laughs> I, no you can't you can't equate these on the same level like you could take the principle of the idea behind this and you could create a philosophy behind it and live your life by that way But to just, like, kind of boldly say all these problems wouldn't exist if we didn't hate each other is, yeah, definitely, like, real pie-in-the-sky kind of mentality that I don't know should be the one being addressed by this children's manga that's been absolute ass garbage for, like, two straight years now. An allegory
0: stops being effective if you flat-out say... It's like, if we did this differently, then these things wouldn't happen. Then it's just like, you're just telling me what your message is, as opposed to making the allegory. Because
1: so. like, as bad as the things on here are, you're like, but this is Emma, who has been raised in a world where children are bred to be eaten by the age of like 13 years old. And if the, a girl who could survive all this, having her friends been eaten, if she could come to that level, then why can't all of us come to that level? And you're like... Yeah, but I don't need you to real life, like, sticky tack, like, notepads and thread to, like, connect all these things. Like,
0: yeah, we're reading we're reading Beastars right now, which deals heavily with uh, themes of racism and stereotypes and how those cause people to interact differently with each other. But it is in a world where everyone is an anthropomorphic animal. So they're. Is a little bit of just like you're a different color than me between like all rabbits, but there is also the whole thing of like, well, carnivores are supposed to eat other animals and all this stuff. And so there are things that's just like there's not even an attempt to say this is like an animal version of this thing that exists between people. It's more just a general, broader theme. And if you take that and apply it to real world things, then you start to see the gaps in exactly how well it can be applied to them. So sometimes it's better to not draw the comparison at all.
1: It's also so- – it's it's explicitly the author doing this cuz Emma doesn't exist yes. in a world with the she coronavirus doesn't know what this shit is. and Twitter <laughs> like she doesn't know any of this stuff so this is the author saying hey what if guys can you imagine if like you cut back
0: to the lessons that were at the very beginning of the series and it's like and what happened on this outdated social media platform known as Twitter <laughs>
1: also i don't know why this bugs me so much it look the top image definitely feels like it's meant to be evocative of the civil rights movement those look like american like style architecture but they're all yeah. carrying signs with demon writing on it but the coronavirus is in english i don't know why that part bothered me so much was like i know you're not intending it to be that way but why is all the protest signs and demon script
0: I don't know. I don't know, Chris. All right. Emma says you had your own sense of justice as you protected the two worlds. I was raised as food and I can't ever forgive you for what you did, but there are people who were protected by the Rotary clan sacrificing us. I'm sure you had your own struggles like protecting the world or choosing the world over your family. You also had a fate you were burned with from the moment you were born. So let's be free. We're all prisoners, the demons, humans, yes, yes, both you and us. But the world will change.
1: We can change. Let's all change. If I can change, you can change, and we can all change. Let's do it. We ended the Cold War. I picked this dude up, and we did it. Let's decide Mr. Kropitzau tearing down that wall. Have
0: you ever seen that? I think it's like a funnier or Die video, which is like, uh, it's like a documentary about the end of, of, of Rocky 4 Where they treat it as history And what happened as a result of it
1: It's always going to be the most astonishing I know I mentioned on the podcast before But it'll never stop being amusing to me That they continued the Rocky franchise after that And they they continued in a serious way And no one at any point's like Hey, remember Rock that time you ended the Cold War? <laughs> remember that time you had a robot butler? <laughs> Remember that time? Like, how did my dad die? Oh, hot-dogging it out to the ring for 35 minutes and then just getting, like, punched in the neck and dying. (laughs) Man, Rocky IV is such a stupid movie.
0: Emma says let's end the thousand years of suffering she extends her hand to Rotri and says let's live together and he's like what the fuck is this girl is talking about as the chapter ends.
1: Black Clover chapter 244. Alright let's talk Black Clover zip zip because uh, Chainsaw Man or uh, Zip Man can't do that anymore. Uh, Cinderella Gray page 244 so Asta's fighting uh, Gravity Guy I think activates an ability called Heavy Infighting To make his fists super heavy with gravity and then just starts punching the shit out of Asta. I don't know. It's
0: the best Asta fight ever. I
1: was like, I don't know what uh, Hajime no Ippo character technique this this feels reminiscent of, but. It's
0: many because he's an in-fighter, Chris. It's Uh, not a technique. It's a method of fighting.
1: (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry. Uh, yes. Gray is crying it, over Gauche's body. Could be, it could be the shotgun because he's he's throwing a lot of rapid punches. Okay. Uh, Gray is crying because Gau's is dying, and she thinks back to her past where she was Cinderella. Uh, she grew up basically. The, I mean, it's it's not. I mean, the chapter's called Cinderella Gray. It's not yes. trying to hide away. It's the Cinderella story. She grew up with a wicked stepmother and two wicked stepsisters. They hated her. They called her ugly. They say she should just wear yeah. these ashes all the time. She learned transformation magic and tried to transform into one of them, and they hated her. They're like, you mock us. Get out of here. Change back. We'll kill you. She runs away. She counters a bunch of thugs who say they're going to basically kill her or take her or rob her or whatever. Gauss saves her, says he only did it because Marie her to, and then basically drops the line where he's like, hey, if you're not co- really committed to running away, go home already. If you're not prepared to get everything with your own two hands, you won't survive in a dirty world like this one. And Grey says... I don't think you know this, Gauche, but when I didn't have anything, the light you gave me helped me thrive, and I did my best and survived. I met you again. I made real friends, uh, people who were like a family I could really trust, and I want to save you, Gauche. It's embarrassing, but I want you to look at me more now that I'm stronger. And... Something she's doing starts to tear away the sword in Gauche's chest and seems to actually close his wounds. So, maybe she, maybe her transformation magic is even more powerful now. Maybe it can mm-hmm. essentially, like an alchemist, she can turn things differently. Or I don't know. It's the way Black Clover tends to do a lot of healing, where it's like I've well, She can do a lot of things, Chris. <laughs> yeah, her magic can let her do all sorts
0: of magic, Chris. So. <laughs>
1: Uh Asta loses the fight though. He got punched too many times. He's down on the ground and his demon powers have left him. They're like,
0: Turns out negating magic doesn't do shit when you're just getting punched in the face. <laughs> He's like
1: So that is what this feels like. <laughs> <laughs> um and then uh Dante, that's his name. He's like, Ah, oh, you have another arcane stage, your powers are wastery too come be my women. And then Yami shows up. Yeah, that's a chapter. He's like, I'm going to fuck you up.
0: Yeah. Um, There's some nice stuff in this. Mm-hmm. Uh, I th- I mean, this does really, you know, I think really help you sympathize with Gray. And it does definitely show, hey, you know, she has this connection to Gauche that he's basically completely ignorant of. It's one of those things where sometimes it, it's frustrating because it's something that it's like if you put in a little bit more effort early on, then I would appreciate this much more. It's that thing that I mentioned, you know, with My Hero Academia a couple weeks ago with, hey, if you show, you know, like in the quiet moments, these characters connecting just a little bit, then when you have the big moment later on, it pays off. And as much as we've seen Gauche and Gray as part of the same group, we've just kind of seen their, you know, comic shtick up to this point of Gauche doesn't really like all the freaks he ends up having to spend time with, but then they fight someone and they get along. And that's basically it. Uh, because Black Clover always moves at the pace of like there's always fighting going on. So you don't have a lot of that qu- quiet time to do the character work ahead of time. But I really do like the stuff in Gray's flashback. I like how her sisters are mocking him, her and she they bring up. Oh, you know, we were blessed with all this beauty and, you know, you you've got nothing. And so she transforms herself into them thinking that that will make them love her. And they that just makes them hate her more. And it's like, of course, that's how it is. But it's, you know, that's you understand why she thinks that way. Um, and then there's the rape triad that shows up, which is really unnecessary. But hey, Gauch saves her. Hooray. And so then you see like, oh, that's why, you know, uh, she has that connection to gauch, And also, of course, she does, he doesn't realize that's her because she looks like one of her sisters. So, mm-hmm. so there's some good stuff in this. It could just be better if Black Clover were a completely different sort of series and one that I like more. No
1: just... I, I will be curious. I I I know there's definitely fairy tale elements to Black Clover in the past. There was a whole like going to a witch's forest to remove a curse thing. I never I can't remember if I've ever noticed anything as explicit as Gray is Cinderella. Here is her Cinderella backstory. Cause I'll be honest. I kind of like it more when Black Clover really kind of lays into like fairy mm-hmm. tale folklore. I don't know. It gives like a flavor to the series yeah. that I think is more interesting than just like generic it, it medieval makes- magic.
0: And it makes sense because, you know, Cinderella was transformed into the night of the ball, the the lizards were transformed into horses, the pumpkin becomes a carriage, things are transformed into other things. So it's like, yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah, So it makes sense thematically.
1: Yeah, we've we've had other things, you know, Charlotte and her thorn curse and things like that are definitely Mm -hmm. evocative, but never anything as explicit as this. And I kind of like it being kind of explicit, but I don't know. Maybe that's just me.
0: So if we go back to the um, the Heart Kingdom and there's a a, a a crab there that's leading all the fish in a song.
1: <laughs> Ooh, I hope it's the song from Kingdom Hearts 2. Let's have some fishy fun. Kingdom Hearts 2 is great. They had the Atlantis world.
0: <laughs> I know. <laughs> I, the- I, want, I want that to go just from you <laughs> explaining that and me not reacting and then you saying, Kingdom Hearts 2 is great, and then that's it.
1: Kingdom Hearts 2 is great. Atlantis was a fun ocean world in the first one. In the second world, it was a rhythm game, and they ran out of Disney. They ran out of Little Mermaid songs real quick. So so they just had to make up more ones? Well, I think they start you off with it, because they're like, we want Under the Sea and uh, Part of Your World to be like the big song, like the final ones. Like you I I feel like you finish with, like, Under the Sea or something like that, maybe. No, I think there's actually like a, it's the Killing Arsula fight. But, like, they want you to build up to it. Uh, but the first one's like, down in the water, we're gonna have some Fanny Fun. Like, it's just like, holy shit, was that in one of the sequels or did you write this? Cause this is terrible. (laughs) And also, everyone who's shitting on the first level in Kingdom Hearts 1, fuck you. Underwater levels are always the best. You're wrong. (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> one piece, <laughs> one piece. <laughs> chapter piece. iron 75 kinemon's clever trick uh we see that uh where did Shin- shinobu go last time when Kondra suddenly had momonosuke he drew some snakes and had them tie her up i guess um and of course Kondra's just reacting to luffy's group having arrived Frankie is in full samurai regalia, along with Usopp, and of course, you know, Chopper's got his samurai helmet. All the straw hats are there, basically, on the ship. And uh, so, but Chopper's like, "Where are all the people from the labor camp? Though we you know because no one sees them. No one sees the Yakuza either. And uh, so, basically, none of the straw hats know where this army was supposed to be to be. So, what's going on? So, um. They're like, well, did they get into trouble? So Kinemon shouts over to them that the plan has, has been leaked. And Luffy's just like, and uh, so, you know, they're like, I don't know what's happened to them. So, you know, um, some of the beast pirates are like, we might have failed to destroy the lion ship, but we made sure to sink every boat lined up at Itachi port last night. And on Shogun Orochi's orders, we took down every great bridge that connects the regions. That's why none of your friends showed up. And even if they had made it, they wouldn't be getting to Onigashima without ships. If you miss this opportunity, you'll never get another chance. Because all the rebels we've learned into the open are going to die slowly and painfully starting tomorrow. The alliance of the... Ant- and also they declare also Animal Kingdom Pirates and Beast Mom, Big bomb Pirates are working together. And everyone's like, oh shit, Big Mom and Kaido are working together. So what... So they're like, you've only got three tiny pirate ships. What are you going to do now? And they point their cans at them and... Luffy and law and kid are all like, everyone get behind me. I'm going to throw down with everyone at once. Um, and so they get all go into action at once. Kid uses his punk rotten. Luffy goes into his bounce man form and law uses his room and they're just immediately blowing shit up. I like how they start going into action and immediately the beast pirates who were talking all the shit were like, well, hang on a second. (laughs) So, Uh, they all three captains are kind of squabbling after they've wrecked one of the ships. So that worked. But then the Kyoshiro family shows up and everyone's and all of the animal kingdom pirates are like, we're saved. Uh, So, and they say, look, uh, Lord Orochi ordered for them to be sunk. So that's what we've got to do. And Kyoshiro says, sink the enemy. You say, allow me. And he pulls out his sword and he swings it. And one of the animal kingdom ships gets cut a third of it cut off very easily. So everyone's like, ah, why are you doing this? And they're like, oh, Hey, it's the Yakuza boss who took after Hyoguro. And he shouts over to them and says, I am a Yakuza of the flower capital. The people there call me napping Kyoshiro. The 200 men of the Kyoshiro family are at your disposal for this raid. And everyone wants to know why he's doing this. And he says the favor and debt I owe the Kazuki clan is immeasurable. The p- people believed it to be caused by Lord Owens or Impage Me. They were wrong. And he basically uh, he was wearing a wig this whole time. So <laughs>
1: Hey, it's Denjiro!
0: Gidima's it's like, oh my a,
1: gosh! It's gotta be such a tough wig to wear too, because it's so front heavy.
0: Yeah. He's gotta, that must be just embedded in the back of his head when he's wearing it.
1: Oh, there's, you, you'll you like, you'll lift it up you'll see that it was like a giant, like a, like a tent spike. Oh. He like nailed it to the back of his skull.
0: So Everyone's reunited with Dendro, and uh, he says, I would have revealed myself to you at once, but I chose to stay your enemy just in case. And sure enough, if I had named myself, the betrayer in your midst would have passed it on and ensured Orochi had me killed. Instead, I retained Orochi's trust to the end. And thus, I was able to liberate a thousand samurai from the Asetsu prisoners' quarters and add 1,200 soldiers to the total. And so we was like, it's time for us to fight. So they're like, we've got a war it no- the pirates are like, we've got a warn on Onigashima. And then... Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so Kenjiro says... So Denjiro says, Kin, I knew that you were sharp. Lord Yasuye's riddle image featured two lines over the stomach of the Habu pit viper, which symbolizes Habu port. Those two lines over the belly, of course, are a sign to remove the midsection of the word, because it would be obvious to all that taking the middle out of Habumi... Habu Minato leads behind Hato, or Wharf. You relate only the message of two lines to the others, but because you sensed that Orochi had a spy in your midst, you cleverly misread the answer as Tokage port in the presence of your group, and the unwinged spy passed the answer of Tokage straight to Orochi, and Kandra reacts in shock to this news. Dendro says, Such is the foolishness of a man who lies fallow in the capital for too long. Orochi misjudged the distance between locations and chose to make his move last night. But by that time, all of your allied forces were done crossing the bridges, and all the ships you needed had left the port. The ones they sank were those left behind. So the 4,200 soldiers you rallied followed the plan perfectly, hiding themselves behind the maple forest along the wharf at Habu Port, that place so beloved by Lord Yasuye until the moment of the plan had arrived. And all the Akazaya and I are like, then that means everyone's fine. And so m- multiple people are like, it's 20 years later, but we'll never forget Lord Odin's legendary death. We believe that the Kazuki clan be return to power. Let's work together, Akazaya. We're ready to fight. The raid on Onigashima hasn't lost a single step. And with our 1,200 to add, the total now stands at 5,400 soldiers. Continue forth. Onward to Onigashima. And Luffy's reacting to all this. And he's like, not really sure what just happened, but we're good to go. All the Beast Kingdom pirates are freaked out by the number of their, of their rankings. Dangerous says, you truly are our leader, Kin. A man worthy of respect. Kanjuro is angry. He's like, we haven't stopped the thing. Curse you, Kinemon. And Kinemon says, yes. And he thinks to himself, so the whole entire time it was supposed to be the war, but not Tokage War. <laughs> <laughs> and that's the chapter. <laughs> this was so fucking funny <laughs> it's like five pages of like oh we did it the clever ruse succeeded and kinemon's like guess i was wrong about what lord yusui meant
1: I love his like, <laughs> yes. no
0: one must ever know <laughs>
1: I don't know, like, intricate, just like, Ah, oh, you cleverly figured out that there was, of course, a midsection to be taken out, but cl- even more cleverly than that, you realized that you must, you had to share false information because there was a spy in your midst, and just him, like, What a great man you are, Keenemon.
0: Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Fuck, it's such a funny chapter. God it's, damn.
0: It's so silly because this is like the big moment of triumph. All the samurai are here. And Keemon's like Whoops. <laughs> like, no one must ever he know. Just
1: <laughs> fell ass backward into it. <laughs> Fuck Red, it's so funny. <laughs>
0: So it wasn't some chess master that decided this maneuver. It was just pure dumb luck. Yeah. So. <laughs>
1: God damn it. I love it.
0: Wonderful, wonderful chapter. All right. That's it for weekly week of manga recap. We've been going at this for a while because there was a lot to discuss. So let's name our favorites this week, Chris. Favorite uh, chapter.
1: Favorite chapter. I'm going to give it to One Piece. It was a super funny chapter. I love that we actually did get the cool moment too of like, hey, the 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 armada is still here, the fleet's still here, all these people are here, and let's let's ride off to Onigashima. But like, it's it's such a great like change to after like the triumphant moment of last chapter where all the the straw hats you know like the the lions rise We're up. We're here and need a fight. Yeah. And this one like continues it but goes for a different tone of like, and thank God to our brilliant wise leader Kinemon, and him like, <laughs> yeah sure
0: guys like (laughs) they all but like bring him up on stage to give him (laughs) an award or something and he's like yeah (laughs) uh my favorite series is going to be chainsaw man i really liked the turn that the battle took and i love how confusing and bizarre everything is my mvp however is going to be keenan that's fair for all the best and worst reasons so uh,
1: i'm gonna give my mvp to gray for black clover i thought this was a really well-needed chapter for. Her. i kind of like what this is doing for a character and I, I think it's gonna make things more interesting for her going forward
0: we had some highs and some lows this week on weekly Mongery Cap. Mm-hmm. so
1: yeah uh the audience Good. by the way picked chainsaw man for their chapter of the week and tolka's master who we don't know the name of yet for the character of the week
0: all right. Well, that is going to do it, everyone. Thanks for joining us here on the live recording of the show on twitch.tv slash where we record Wednesdays around 730 to 8 Eastern time each evening. You can follow us on Twitter at WMR Podcast at ReloT and at Nick F Time. Those latter two are your hosts' accounts, and WMR Podcast is the official podcast account to follow for updates when stuff gets posted. On weeklymonga recap where you can check out all of our past episodes, as well as on iTunes and all that kind of stuff. Comment and rate so that we can rise in the ranks of the hobby section and defeat the woodworkers. Mm-hmm. You can send us feedback by joining the Discord channel. That is also where you can just discuss with other people, the recap chapters, the series that we're going to actually be covering, uh, all that kind of stuff. And you can also find a link to the Google Doc that uh, NinjaX3i maintains where we keep track of our recommendations, the audience votes and all that stuff. Special thanks go out to our Patreon supporters. You allow us to create bonus content for you guys to enjoy. We recently recorded a special, as explained by Manga Thing, mm-hmm. so look out for that soon. And special thanks to Infamous Planet for the new frame for the visual version of this of the podcast. To Steve Manner, tile artist, to uh, Milo Jack Stillitz and Wesley Al Cheddar for making the opening sequence for WMR. And that's going to do it.
1: Yep. All right. Now let's head off into the sunset, Nick, as we often do. Well it's dark out
0: already, Chris.
1: Oh it's, no. Uh, well we're gonna have to wait here until tomorrow then.
0: Okay. Let's just sit here. When is sunset again? Um uh, six, like six, six, yeah? six 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 thirty. Six six something,
1: yeah. I think it changes oh, based that's... on region. Okay. Technically our sunrises won't even be exactly the same, so one of us is probably gonna have to sit here a little bit longer than everybody else.
0: Oh, that's gonna be awkward yeah let's just hit, let's just wait here quietly for the next 23 hours then all right
1: Did you see uh you see any aew recently
0: uh yeah I watched the uh the sh- the broadcast they did last week it was actually really good despite the uh lack of crowd they that's were cool. very creative in uh what they did with them
1: that's cool you got a silly you got a, to- that? You got a toilet paper
0: oh yeah. Fine. Okay,
1: yeah. That's, that's good
0: Uh, you know, to get food lately? I hear if you're having trouble going to the grocery store, it's uh you wanna try hitting up the Asian markets and or stuff like that.
1: So. Yeah. Ironically Target. Uh, the Target by me is actually really well stocked. Like that was that's the place good. I hit up. Yeah. Actually I was at the grocery store the other day and I, I grabbed some hamburger beet and like a lady like ran me down like the store to be like, No, you get a two for one. You know, it's it very sweet. Oh, that's me. nice. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Good to know.
1: I coughed into her ear as I walked by. I just wanted to demonstrate (laughs) my superiority.